listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Are you watching closely? Look closer. Never show anyone. They'll beg you and they'll flatter you for the secret, but as soon as you give it up, you'll be nothing to them. You understand? Nothing. The secret impresses no one. Welcome to the One Take Podcast, episode 33. Yeah, sure. I should have looked that up before. Episode 33 this week, we are actually doing a good film. That's back-to-back weeks of good films, <laughs> folks. Count it down. Good we job, We are team. doing... We did it, team. We did it. They said we couldn't do it. The liberal media was saying that we couldn't do it, Dex, and we did it. We fucking did it. Let's fucking go. We are doing The Prestige this week, a uh, Christopher Nolan, Christian Bale <laughs> banger this movie was so good oh my so god good. i forgot how good this movie is um but first we shall start out um with uh the news of the day uh caitlin you're not having a good one i'm having a horrible week um like a really bad day and a horrible week um i i haven't slept in like maybe 24 hours because oh. i literally threw up throughout the night <laughs> And then had too much stuff to do to go back to bed. And I also found out my grad program's fully online, which means I... That sucks for English. English this is Caitlin's flu game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing great. <laughs> and, like, I don't even have the coronavirus to, like, claim I'm part of this plague. Like, I have, like, the no sympathy, like, sad stomach flu. But like no one help me bad. i'm throwing up <laughs> yeah like help nobody gives a shit and everyone's like uh just be grateful you have your lungs and i'm like uh, <laughs> i, I also i also am in pain right now <laughs> just be like, thankful um, you can breathe <laughs> can you breathe shut the fuck up well but you have the sickness that people use to say that the coronavirus isn't that bad yeah literally. Like, so you, you can't talk shit <laughs> It's been a bad time, yeah. I don't know. How are you guys? I'm doing great. Yeah, That's I'm good. fine. <laughs> this is better fine. than you. I'm glad. I'm so honestly, I'm glad. I'm well rested. I had some drinks last night. I took a nap today during some golf. Like I'm just having, a, I'm just having an actual weekend. This is the first weekend I've had off. Like I think in my four year career, I have had, like I've always worked weekends. So I would have to use holidays to take off weekends. This is the first weekend I've had off in four years. Like wow. scheduled weekend I've had off in four years. And I didn't do anything. And it was great. That's, you love to see it. I you just, see, oh. You got sex hair going on right now? It's a good day for you. Yeah, it is a great day for me. <laughs> Caitlin made some uh, s- like squash spaghetti. Spaghetti, oh, spaghetti squash. She made spaghetti squash. She squashed the spaghetti. Yeah, she like put. She stepped on the spaghetti. (laughs) Wait, you know what's better than spaghetti squash though is zucchini squash. Get her to do Mm. like you just take the spirals. Well, yeah, she has a like a zoodler, one of those things. That shit's so good. It's literally called a zoodler, which I didn't know. It's like that sounds like a drug. 
the consistency is just slightly better. I feel like with zucchini noodles than spaghetti squash, and I don't know why. Like it's just Zoobler sounds like a villain in those like McDonald's toys. <laughs> <movies. laughs> like, and he's the just a lan- the Zoobler. He's just a lanky boy. <laughs> he's he's like, a lanky boy. <laughs> The Zoodler's coming to steal all your vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Zoodler. Not the Zoodler. Zoodler. The Zoodler's coming to break your kneecaps because he works for the Hamburglar and you owe him money. I was Avoid say, the noise, Zoodler. Tanya Harding. He's there. Oh, God. <laughs> Where the fuck is my buddy? I'm the Zoodler. <laughs> Like, but like the Riddler, he doesn't like leave riddles. He just leaves zucchini. <laughs> ah, the Zoodler was here. Damn <laughs> you, Zoodler! The Zoodler strikes again. God. Um, Jake, how you doing? You threw up, right? <laughs> also. Team Bomb, what's up, fam? Bomb yeah, the fam. parallels between uh, Caitlin and I continue. Um, Jake and I are the same person. We are. Uh, admittedly, it was by my own fault. Uh, uh, what was it on Saturday? No, Friday? Friday, yeah. I went. So I've gotten like super into cycling lately or back into it. And on Friday, um, I decided to push myself a little bit farther than I've gone before, which was a mistake because all I had that day was like two cups of coffee and a donut. So uh, it love, all came love back. Love the diet. Very much the <laughs> yeah. same. Sorry. And it all came back for vengeance Ugh. at the end. Like, I got home, and I was like, I immediately, like, got in the bath. I was like, I need to lower my body temperature. And I was like, okay, I'm feeling good. And I stood up out of the bath, and immediately I was like, no, I'm going to throw up. And so I threw up. <laughs> just, just that coffee throw up be hitting different, though. Oh, just like all, no. It, it burns. All, it's just <laughs> all. It's just acid. Oh, boy. Ugh. Yeah. So, uh, otherwise, that was good. Yeah. I'm just chilling. This is watched my one of my favorite movies of all time for this podcast so that got me up and uh now i'm starting gossip girl with mallory so we'll live it out here so i low-key want to write my thesis on gossip girl but on chuck bass and like the rapist that's all i know about him he's he's a rapist he's a fucking rapist but they try to convince you by the end of the show that he's a romantic hero that you should be happy blair like surprise he gets with blair this is not the show has been on for forever but like what (laughs) but like you how how he the first episode he literally rapes a girl and then like what? He's a romantic hero. Yeah, people he were tries to go with uh, yes. Blake Lively in a kitchen. Every and she screamed bloody murder. No. Yeah. I mean, by the time you get to season six, like you barely even remember that he's a rapist. But that's like, I guess what I'm saying like, is that I want to write an essay about the forgetfulness of America's memory when it comes to men and sexual assault charges. Because honestly, it's not bad. I mean, yeah. when uh, I mean, <laughs> he wasn't charged with anything, but as soon as uh, as soon as that. Uh, as soon as the new Ansel Elgort movie comes out, uh, oh. people people about to forget. He yep. even Loki was all like, "I could have maybe done it, but I don't remember quite." <laughs> I, don't down, I don't necessarily want to go down this allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly. Well, I mean, in his statement, he was like, "I did it. I was indeed there." <laughs> and I was what like, is okay, he's going to be in the Steven Spielberg? Um, West Side Story. West Side Story. Story. That's what I was trying to say. It's like once West Side Story comes out, people are going to be like. 
theater kids. I mean, kids but he can sing. I don't know if theater kids are going to be about it. I don't know. They that's won't. My, that's my People opinion. are going to hate that. All the, all, all the theater bros are going to despise that movie. They're going to be like, wow, not my West Side Story. Yeah. <laughs> not my West Side Story. Steven Spielberg doing West Side Story. I don't know why he's It's a thing I never thought I would say, but whatever. I don't really want Because he wants a paycheck. I don't want it. Who asked for that? No one Nobody. Who was like, hey, you know what we need? I understand that the original Natalie Wood, like, she's, it's literally not appropriate. Like, she is a white woman playing a Latina. Brown face. Yeah, it's not okay. But we didn't really need, like, a new update. Like, we can, like, I don't know. Like... We already had Teen Beast movie. We're good. Yeah, no, that is West Side Story, but updated. <laughs> no, I was, no, no. Well done. Thinking of things of shows that people have just the collective conscious have just forgot about. I've seen a lot of people rewatching uh, Friday Night Lights the show because I think it's on Hulu now. It is. Um, mm-hmm. It came back, and in like season two of that movie, like Landry and a and another woman, I forget her name. I'm sorry, I haven't watched the show in a long time. Just kill a guy. Yeah. And people sure. forgot, like the like. There's yeah. four, five seasons of that show, and it's never brought up again. No, I literally think it's so interesting how soap operas and like dramas actually mirror. I think what happens in real life, where we're all suddenly willing to forget. Like for instance, that OJ is a murderer. Like we just. Oh, we ain't ca- forget. Oh no, we he's, we never forget he's that. Casually allowed to just walk around. No, oh, yeah, I mean he is just like tweeting. Like it's just yeah, like, like you I shouldn't mean, be on Twitter, dude. Somehow okay with it. Like we're all like, oh, that's kind of funny. It's like that's not funny. No, nope, no, we murder. are definitely like, not. Maybe you're not, but I saw like I'm on True Crime Reddit all the time, and so many people are trying to exonerate OJ, and I'm like, we all know he did it. Please stop. <laughs> like. Mm. Anyway, the prestige. Yeah, let's circle back to a crime the what? that did happen, kind of. Speaking of murders, um, yeah. okay, so we are doing the. And over. We kind of just, we kind of just last second, we're like, you want to just do the prestige after doing American Psycho because mm-hmm. this is one of Christian Bale's better films outside of the Dark Knight series and some of his more recent work. But um, the prestige, it, it kind of people love it now more, but it kind of is in sort of the back to me i feel like is in sort of the back half like you when you think of christopher nolan films the first thing you don't think you don't think of the prestige first but it is one of his it's one of those things where you're like oh yeah he also did this so it's kind of interesting for me to go back and and look at and sort of see the vision with christopher nolan and that's something i feel like we will talk about here in a second uh the prestige 2006 rated pg-13 it is two hours and 10 minutes long um, some of that could have been cut out, but whatever. It's, uh, I think it moves fast. It's it does. It moves fine. Like it it's not, it's, there's not, nothing's wasted, but I feel like yeah. a couple of, a couple of things could be taken out, but Michael you know. King could say less. Yeah, Michael Kane could be less <laughs> exposition Kane. Um, it has an 8.5. People love this movie. Like audience members love this movie. They didn't love it enough to see it when it came out, but once <laughs> it got on DVD, they, they loved it. It has an 8.5. Uh, user score on IMDb, a million ratings, a million, uh, 1,146,000 ratings on IMDb. After a tragic accident, two stage magicians engage in a battle to create the ultimate illusion while sacrificing everything they have to outwit each other. Uh, directed by Christopher Nolan, uh, written by him and his brother, Jonathan Nolan and Christopher Nolan. Um, stars Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman, Scarlett Johansson, Michael Caine. Uh, Piper Parabo, uh, Rebecca Hall, and 
David Bowie as Nikola also, Tesla. Also, incredible. And Andy Circus. Andy Circus. Did I say Parabo? Oh, pa- well, oh, I didn't know if you said. I thought you yeah. didn't say her. She slipped my mind. She's just. Coyote she's Ugly. Coyote Ugly, yeah. <laughs> incredible. Um, this was nominated for two Oscars. Um, it was nominated for uh, Best Achievement in Cinematography by uh, Wally Fister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know her. Um Best oh. achievement. There you go. Best achievement in art direction by Nathan Crowley and uh, Julia Akpaniti. I don't know. Sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your name. But um, there's nominated for those two Alistairs, and, and rightfully so. It was. Um, it's rated as the number 47. I don't know if I agree with this, but it's rated as the number 47 movie of all time on IMDb user rating. Mm, strong. Uh, strong. Um, it. Uh, it costs $40 million to make, which if you're talking about Christopher Nolan now, that's on the cheap side. Um, anyone want to take his... himself. Yeah, yeah. Anyone <laughs> want to take a stab? After Batman Begins, he's still proving himself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyone want to take a stab at how much money this made? Worldwide? Uh, <laughs> how much did it cost? $40 million. 14 4D. 4D. 4-0. Ooh. Uh... I'm gonna go double. It made eighty. Anybody have a want to do the Price Is Right game, or do we just want to say <laughs> eighty-one? I'm gonna do one fifty. One fifty. That's good, guys. Two hundred. It made dollars. Uh, two hundred dollars. <laughs> two hundred doll hairs. It made uh, one hundred and nine million. So it actually, oh, I mean, okay. it it did fine it made worldwide. Um, but not at what you would expect from how well people love this movie because it, you know. Pretty well received by critics, seventy six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the the critics' consensus is full of twists and turns. The prestige is a dazzling period piece. It never stops challenging the audience, and they loved it because the audience has rated this a ninety two percent overall on Rotten Tomatoes. So, real quick, um, we'll give our ratings and reviews. Uh, Dex, you say you own this movie. Um, you watch it all the time. Go ahead. All the fucking time. <laughs> Of course I do. It's so fucking cool to look. Y'all, man, before, when I had to pay three ninety nine for this, I was like, ah, I wish I had this DVD. <laughs> before we give our ratings, uh, Mally and I went and visited her grandma today, and our on our way up, we passed a video rental store with like people going in. What? People are still renting DVDs in the year of our Lord twenty twenty. Shout out to those people keeping it real. <laughs> yeah. Keep those. <laughs> Oh, it was amazing. Like not a red box or anything, like a like a DVD yeah, rental like, store. Just outside of McKinney. Yeah. It's like family what, video. Which, what's open still? It's it was like a family the, video, I think is what it was. I was gonna say it's usually the uh triple X DVD places that you see <laughs> on the side of the highway in the middle of nowhere. Like who's buying porn Dude. in Marfa? When I was like fourteen, <laughs> I went into one of those thinking I was so cool and it was No just you me. didn't. My, yeah, I did and it was I'm not surprised. It was my friend me me and my friend Nick and we went in by ourselves, we were both eighteen, and it was just this us and this very hairy fat man. Of course it was we're just like looking and we're both just like, Oh, like are we gonna buy a dildo? <laughs> like, <laughs> what are we gonna do? And then we made out in a Chick fil A parking lot. Continue, Dex. Wonderful. I, I can't follow that up. Yeah, the yeah, Prestige. Yeah. <laughs> actually, Excuse that me, was Taylor's you have any recommendations for us, actual adults? <laughs> <laughs> we would like to rent one porno, please. We really like girl on girl. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right, Dex. Uh, your rating and review, sir. 
It's an A. I just fucking love this movie. I watch it all the time. Like you said, I wish I could go back and watch it again for the first time because like knowing what's coming, it's like I keep seeing little stuff like as it pops up, like foreshadowing and shit. But like that initial time that you watch it and you get to the end and figure everything out, you're like, holy fucking shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just amazing. I love it so much. All the performances are great. Story is great. Like, it's just great. It's an A. It's probably my favorite movie we've ever reviewed on the podcast. So I'm ready to fight wow. y'all about it. Bro, we wow. reviewed Avatar. What are you talking about? <laughs> the okayest movie of all time. <laughs> the most forgetful I mean, we billion have done, dollars of my life. We have done Twilight, sir. Twilight is <laughs> true. Fire. I didn't say it was the best movie we've ever done, but it's my favorite. Uh, um, fair point. Fair point. You're like Twilight is the best movie. That is objectively. <laughs> objectively. Uh, I know what you are, Caitlin. Say it in the <laughs> out loud. <laughs> Vampire. I'm just um, saying it in my head because you can't read my mind specifically. <laughs> Caitlin, go ahead. Um, and then Jake. I mean, I like this movie. Like. Okay, so the first time I watched it, it's kind of hard because I watched it when I was like 15 or something like that, like kind of close to when it came out. And I'm, I must have been younger than that, but I'm not going to backtrack to figure out how old I was. I'm Because it was 2007, I would have been like fairly young. You're like but, 11 when this came out. Yeah, I was like 11. And I watched it like with my parents when it first came out. And I was 16, so whatever yeah, our age difference is. I, yeah, I might have been like 10. I don't know. There we go. But, like, I thought it was just fucking amazing when I was, like, 10. I was, like, this is cinema. Like, <laughs> this is art. And it, like, led me to watch, like, Memento and, like, kind of become, like, an, which also, like, why when you're, like, 11 watch Memento. But, like, I did. Oh, yikes. Uh, yeah, big yike. Um, it explains a lot about you, actually. No, it makes, I mean, I watched Tarantino films when I was 12 years old. Like, also big yikes. <laughs> I was like obsessed with like pulp fiction when I was like twelve. Mm. Um but shout, I, I shout out yeah, shout out Paul. Like, way to go. <laughs> literally my Come dad Come on the pod, for the love of God. My my dad's favorite movies are literally like just like gross out, like stabby stabby, and also a funny thing happened on the way to the forum in West Side uh. Story. <laughs> literally my dad's first musical he ever showed me was West Side Story. Um, dad, your dad's like, your dad's like, I love Kill Bill, but also Oklahoma slaps. <laughs> um, but to the point, I really liked it when I was younger, and I thought it was super super cool. And then I watched it again, like somewhere in my teens, and I thought it was super super cool. Watching it this time, I still like it, and I like what it's doing. But I see so many more narrative plot holes. And I see a lot of things that are not explained, like, ever. Mm-hmm. And it irritated me a little bit, like, where the movie, I think, thinks it's smarter than it is mm. sometimes. And I think mm-hmm. that kind of irritated me. And I think that's something I see with Nolan films a lot now that I'm older. And, like, watching them kind of as an adult is I think a lot of his movies think they're smarter than they are. And I don't know. No, I was going to say, there's a thing that I was thinking about, and it it kind of falls in the Spielberg thing, and I can get into more of this when I talk about it. I don't want to step on your toes, but he falls in the Spielberg thing where he makes movies for everyone. Yes. But he tries also to make them, like, he he wants you to think a little bit, I feel like. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that's to his detriment, because it's like, sometimes he just explains a little bit too much, or whatever, or like... 
he uh, or he tries to be purposely ambiguous. I think instead he also of, tries to be a little bit like I don't. So I was thinking about something while I was watching it, and it's like I don't mean to be so much that person that's like trying to do critical analysis of a film because that's not what we're here for. But like, <laughs> oh <watching> really? <laughs> but watching it, I was like, this film is so deeply sexist. And the ways it tries to not be sexist and have commentary on women is actually problematic in itself. For instance, the narrative of, like, comparing women very specifically to birds and birds in cages. There's a lot of, like, weird narrative there, Mm -hmm. Um, especially when Sarah kills herself. Like, you see all the birds. Like, anyway, I can go into, like, detail. That was so unnecessary. That part was so not needed. Well, and that's what I'm saying is it's clear that they're trying to do a metaphor, but I'm, like, not on board for that metaphor at all. I find it honestly pretty misogynistic. I don't think they handle Olivia or Sarah well at all. Um, And I wonder if that's part of the point, but I don't think it's that's even narratively done well. I still think it's a good movie, though. Like, I'd give it, like, an A-. I would have given it an A before I rewatched it. It's just rewatching it. I think I see more issues. The parts of this movie make it, like, altogether make it good. But there, when you start breaking it down like we have part by part, where when you're just you like... When you start nitpicking, yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, I oh, see. Yeah. It's almost... It literally does work. Someone was talking about how this movie is a magic trick in itself. Like, it, in, a, in the three-act structure, it follows the prestige, mm-hmm. the trick, and the turn. And I think what's really interesting about watching it and looking for details, you see almost too much what the movie's doing. Mm-hmm. And I think it ruins the magic, literally. So, I don't know. A minus. Jake, go ahead. You said this is one of your favorite movies. This is. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, This is a movie that I... It has an extreme rewatchability for me. Um, Again, if it's on TV, I will stop and watch. It doesn't matter what scene it's on. I will finish it all the way through. Um, I think it's that good. Um, I agree with Dex. This is a movie that... Every time I go back and watch it, there's a little detail that I haven't seen before um, that, like, keeps me coming back. There's just, like, little hidden notes and homages to uh, history and the actual background of magic. Like, all the tricks that we do see uh, are actual real magic tricks that were performed um, during this era and were carried through. So, like, there's little hints and tricks and stuff that always keep you coming back for more. Uh, but at the same time, I also agree with Caitlin is that there's a lot that are happening in the background that uh, make it very problematic in, in certain points. Um, it's a movie about the process of telling a story. And it's also not a movie about magic, despite the fact that it's being about magic. Like, no magic ever happens in this whole film. You're shown all the tricks and explained in excruciating detail how it's all done. Like, it's... This might be my age thing, but at one point in time on TV, there was a, a mass magician who would show you all the like best tricks and like how they oh, did it. Yeah. It was like a yeah. 12-part series on Fox. Um, I mean, it's that. like It's just take the uh, curtain away and show you what's happening in the background, except for the fucking clone machine. Like Suddenly, there <laughs> is magic. So the whole time, it the movie does make you feel smart because it's like, oh, yeah, no, I, you explained the trick to me. Now I see the trick. I know everything that's happening. And then, bam, we get fucking David Bowie as Nikola Tesla and science comes in and we can clone people. So suddenly magic does happen. But um, 
overall, like this is an A for me. It's it's a movie that I absolutely love. It's my first introduction into the Nolan verse. Um, as I think it is for a lot of people, uh, I think mm-hmm. it's a much more palatable Nolan film. Well, Dark Knight trilogy probably would be a better introduction at this point, but this was mine, and I've been obsessed with Nolan films ever since. You can argue that this is the film that people figured out who Christopher Nolan was. I think that's oh, one hundred percent. I think I mean people people will always be like, well, Insomnia came out in like the early two, but it's like this was the was like. This came after The Dark Knight. People were like, who made that movie? The guy that made this. And then they were just um, kind of like, oh, okay, this is this is a Christopher Nolan film. It wasn't a Christian Bale. Yeah. It wasn't a, uh, you know, it wasn't that Originally, film. it was supposed to be Sam Mendes that was going to direct this. Um, like, basically, the ink was they were drying. Gonna take his, their script? Uh, I forgot who originally wrote it. It's apparently... It's the brothers, and, but... Yeah. Uh, there's another there, there might be another credit book because it's originally a book so was it that they were going someone else was going to adapt the book Chris, yeah, yeah christopher supposed, priest novel yeah it was originally supposed to go to mindy's uh because he just came off american beauty and oh, so he okay. was hot that sh- been interesting he was hot shit know. at that point in time but then i think I, christopher priest or whoever wrote the book got a copy of it was either like a, a unedited copy of memento or something like that. And it was immediately like, no, Nolan's going to get it better. I That's interesting to me. I also think it's interesting because I could see why. Because I read a few excerpts from the book. I didn't read it. I feel no reason to read that book. But, like, <laughs> apparently it's You don't want magic and- explained to you? No. <laughs> it's, not, really, it's not dark enough for her. <laughs> it's also, it's all, it's an epistemological um epistological book which means it's told all through diaries and letters and i don't want to but um but i think that's actually kind of interesting and i could see why someone would think nolan would do that better especially with something like memento as being his previous work like something Mm -hmm. that's a little bit more about reading into someone's psyche because that's i think what's happening when you're just reading diary entries it's (laughs) entirely eternal monologue i don't know um, they do try but, to tell that story a little bit through and it jumps a little bit weird timelines and that's kind of a problem i had with it but jake go ahead it, yeah, sorry. It, it, yeah it's my last little tidbit uh this movie has 146 jump cuts that's basically a jump cut a minute Fuck. Um, <laughs> because it's the fucking nolan brothers I and know. the, I mean, the and nolan brothers i mean if you look at every nolan film like even batman like the Nolan brothers are obsessed with the concept of time and will make any sort of movie that, that questions the very nature of time, this not excluded. So just 146 jump cuts. There you go. They do, they do stuff with camera. I mean, he does stuff with camera movement. You can see this mostly. And I've noticed this cause I had to, I had to do a film analysis of uh, something <laughs> in school. <laughs> uh, they asked me to look at like a scene that we loved and look how many cuts were in it. And it's the interrogation scene between Batman and the Joker in the Dark Knight. Oh, and and he um, purposely changes the axis on which the camera is. Like he starts mm-hmm. classically. I mean, Jake will know this. Classically, you shoot over the same shoulder that you're shooting. Yeah, you, like interview. Like, yeah, yeah. You just keep that same line. He Never does, and he on. just spins around. Like he just doesn't care. Like no. he'll cut to the other side of the interview, and so it's just sort of that's a, a kind of interesting thing that 
he doesn't really care about film conventions although he does seem like a historian of film and stuff like that like a like a film auteur and yeah he, uh, yeah he does really care my i i would give this movie just to so we can start getting in the notes and stuff i would give this movie an a minus uh, like Caitlin, I feel like when I first saw it, it was it was definitely after the Dark Knight, and it was before I saw Memento. Um, I had you know just like in the- a theater kid showed me this, an older That's theater yeah, kid. Yeah, of course, like I, of course. I was like a sophomore. They were like a senior. They're like, have you seen the Prestige? And I, I feel like, like this movie no. was always recommended in tandem somehow with Moulin Rouge, and I oh. don't quite know why, but that's definitely same like, time. Like yeah, um, is like something they saw when they were like. 12 and they're like yeah. you gotta see this they're like this is I- art <laughs> high <laughs> art capital a it's art a but but like i was saying this is my first introduction to really the, to remembering who christopher nolan was and after that i mean i mean obviously the dark knight and stuff came out but like his films sort of became what they are today in an event he's known as like an event filmmaker you have to go see his movies and i wish i could have seen this on uh, in the theaters because I feel like it would have played a lot differently when I was younger but I remember this is one of the first twist endings this and like unusual or the usual unusual suspects um, Kevin Spacey and the unusual suspects um, this is one of the first twist endings where I can vividly remember being shocked by and mm-hmm. looking back on it now it's not that big of a twist and I don't know what is the bigger twist the the fact of Hugh Jackman and his prestige trick or the Christian Bale spoiler alert for later on. If you haven't seen this movie, uh, it's been for out a for a decade, 14 year old movie. I Yeah. Spoiler alert for Christian Bale's twin. So like, I don't know if that plays as good as it did when I was younger. I not like, I've been just irony poisoned for my entire life. So nothing is, uh, nothing is sacred anymore. But like, I feel like the Christian Bale twist is bigger than the really Hugh because Jackman that's twist. the one that I felt was so transparent. Because you look at Fallon immediately, and you're like, "That's just yeah. fucking Christian <laughs> Bale." In a Looking way. back, so, when you rewatch <laughs> it, you're just like, "He's wearing a beard." <laughs> yeah, like I'm not, um, I'm not sure. Go ahead, Jake. Like, you got your hand up. Is this <laughs> danger? Please <laughs> take me. No, it, can I can I draw my theory now about that, or yeah. shall we you wait till notes? Okay, you're already here. Now. So if you look at it contextually, it makes no goddamn sense for the diary to lead um, Christian Bale to see Tesla because the diary is just fake and a plant. So to, I have Jackman a, to see Tesla. Yeah. Yes. You said. Christian yeah. Bale. Sorry. Sorry. Um, so my theory is, is that Christian Bale cloned himself. Because otherwise else the story makes no sense for nobody to ever know he wasn't a twin. Like, it would make no goddamn sense in this world that he's a twin and nobody ever knew about it. But if he knew about Tesla and for some reason sent um, Hugh Jackman there, he clearly knows that Tesla has something going on that would duplicate people. And when we meet Tesla, he's already doing that. Though I have one little, like, wrench I want to throw in there. Which is, sure. it's clear when Jackman sees his clone, they both think that they are the true person. Yeah. We well, don't maybe. see that same conflict with Borden and Fallon. In fact, they seem to have entirely separate personalities because they have totally different, like, love interests. They have totally different, like... Sure, maybe, but... Maybe they're just a higher higher form of being. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe Christian Bale's just a better yeah, human I being. Think, like, the, the commitment to, like, the goldfish trick that they talk about earlier, like... 
they seem to have that same level of commitment like for their entire life or whatever yeah. so like i think i think they're just actual twins i, I, I also personally. think they're just actually twins especially because tesla seems frustrated and doesn't seem to know that his trick works. is working yeah because he doesn't even know where like he didn't know the cat he thought nothing happened to the fucking cat like he was yeah. like it's just standing there <laughs> um, but i did write down like it's some incredibly bad luck throughout this movie like how do you actually send this man to the one person on earth who can help him actually I, right i feel bad like, that's some incredibly bad luck every time yeah. i watch this movie i just feel bad for christian bale it's like like i feel bad for borden because i'm like dude that fucking sucks <laughs> like, nah everybody i think this plays better when you realize everybody in this is a dickhead they are. Yeah, everyone, suck. everyone except, sucks. Except, I think the, I think final Borden slash Balin is. I don't know who it is because they're the same person. They say right. so. It's like they. Sw- I don't fucking know. Like a clone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but making like, more sense. I kind of like him. He he grew on me. I was like, you're the good one. I can tell. Like, the only good person in this is Michael Caine. That might be. I and also, even then, even then, Sarah, not Sarah. Um first wife that drowns oh well yeah she doesn't matter what her name is julia seems okay um to finish i just want a hugh jackman to have one w this entire movie that's all i want i want nothing for hugh jackman i don't care he took so many l's he took those l's he ate those l's dude because he ruined les mis and he deserves to die he ruined Les Mis? He, yeah, Holy he actually is maybe God. one of the worst Valjeans I've ever seen in my life. He ruined Les Mis and yes, not... Uh, him with Russell Crowe. I was going to say, and not Russell Crowe. They did it together. Like, it's the my name is Russell Crowe and I am singing. I have stream our Les Mis episode. Uh, yeah, stream our Les Mis episode. You can go back a few episodes find out. To finish my review, sorry. sorry. Um, no, it's fine. That was We needed to say that because that theory is going to come in later when we get towards the end of these notes and stuff. It's... Mm-hmm. I, my best thing that I can say about this movie is that I love how it looks. I do really like uh, Jackman and Bale's performance. I think this is a, mm-hmm. kind of a lesser Bale performance, if we're being honest. I think it's more of an upper <laughs> uh, Jackman performance, if we're being honest. But the, um, you know, having them play multiple characters is kind of funny. But the the biggest thing that I can say from this movie is that I just see the vision here with Mm-hmm. With Christian, Chris, Chris, Christian Nolan, uh, with Christopher Nolan, and I, Christian Nolan, Nolan Bale, Chris, the same Chris, man. Chris, Christian Noel Jackman. The um, <laughs> you can see the vision with him, and you can see how he kind of has worked out this whole time thing in his later films, including Dunkirk, which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> And saw, uh, you know, in theater. I, I, going back on that movie, I would Dunkirk, like to narrate that Jake just shook his hand like iffy, yeah. iffy. Yeah, but you know, and Inception, and and things of that sort. I think, and and Interstellar as well. I think mm-hmm. those films got better because he was able to work things out on this film for sure. And I think he be, he became definitely a better director. And I will also say the world building by Christopher Nolan in all of his films is incredible. He doesn't leave one thing unturned as far as sets, as far as costumes, as far as like this and also surprisingly the besides insomnia or well insomnia and um memento this is surprisingly one of his more self-contained films mm-hmm. even though they go all the way to colorado and stuff it's just kind of mm-hmm. like his you know as far as when things start going like he's like he took this leap from doing these sort of self-contained one set 
films. And of course they go to Colorado and stuff, but they're mostly just in London to go from that to, all right, we're going to space. Like, like the kind of <laughs> leap for Christopher Nolan is really interesting for me. And I, and I love how it's sort of set up his career. It's not his best film. Uh, I don't pretend like it is, but is it entertaining? Does he make films that people can watch and are they easy to watch? And are you still surprised at the end of it? Yes, absolutely. Do, do you have to take some leaps with this film? Absolutely. absolutely. You have to take some very um, big leaps. You have to take some very big leaps. Um, but in the end, I think it works out. This is an A minus, man. This movie's great. I, I I cannot believe I had it took me this long to rewatch this movie. But uh, thirty five minutes in, let's get into some notes. I, I always before we move on, go ahead. Is this the highest like overall grade we've ever given a movie? Yes, two absolutely. A's and an A minus. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, absolutely. book smart. We gave straight A's all through. Did we? True. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. For that. Four A's. Happier days. I did, oh, yeah. Y'all had someone on because I was like, I didn't give it anything. <laughs> um, so we can get into these notes. If y'all have any notes, please interject because like all of the podcast is always just me like reading these notes that I have. Go ahead. Can I say just the one note that is like very important to me? Yeah, because go ahead. This bothers me and I can't and I, un, I can explain it away, but it's fucking stupid and it's. It's the fact that, like, they explain the whole thing with Julia and the tank, and they explain how the entire trick works. So it's like she reaches her hand in, she, un- mm-hmm. she undoes the knot, she reaches her hand in, and she opens the trick lock, right? Right. Why do they yeah. have to axe her the fuck out when she's dying? Why don't they just open the trick lock, and then she can push it open? And I understand that the I, the way you can explain it away is to say that they're just so committed to the trick that they're willing to let her die and, like, ask right. her out. But the problem with that is they already ruin the trick the minute she's dead because he shouts out, Julia, 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 making it very clear that he's a plant. Like, they ruin the trick immediately. There's, uh, I, don't I thought about that. I was like, why yeah. didn't no one, like, no, why, why didn't Michael Caine just undo the lock? I don't well, understand. My only counter is that Michael Caine, every time they do that trick, his immediately reaction is to, like, look and hold onto the axe. So maybe their whole plan was always that, like, it's just faster to axe him out. But it's not. But, I mean, because it's not. Lock, no, it absolutely isn't. But, yeah. Just, I mean, give her air either way. <laughs> <laughs> like, do it so she can fucking breathe while you axe her out. I don't you, know. You know what the real like, reason is? Is she had to die. Can they reach that box? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't. I just, they I reach just that, find the it... top of that lock from the floor. Yes, just... because she he shows them the tri- like yeah. this like he shows yeah. the prosecutor or whatever. Yeah. The the this is what it is. Yeah. So we know that that she can do it because that's how she gets out. So... I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about from the outside. Oh, they could easily do it because he no he does yeah, yeah he does it yeah he yeah. literally does it no so that's it I'm sorry it's just the one thing that really fucking bugged me because I was like she by no means had to die. <laughs> like, no. This was, they See, chose, but like my my problem with that scene is why give the old man the axe instead right. of like the very strong <laughs> other people who Her are death on is stage. Enti- Honestly, also, not Gordon, one person knows CPR. Not one. Um, they didn't Gordon even try. Is not to blame for her death. It's literally all of them for not just fucking opening the trick lock. Like I don't. Nah, we, it's his fault. You have to tie that. No, knot, it's dog. not. He like, also doesn't even know how you did. You don't need that lock. He definitely tied that knot. knot. He definitely tied the knot. But the fact of the matter is, if yeah. someone had undone the trick lock, she would have lived. Like, I hate that or part just of them. Don't tie the stupid knot. I agree. Told you don't not tie the tie. knot, but also don't bring a fucking axe. Just open the trick lock. Like the, it is, the it only is, reason the wrong knot. 
the only reason it exists is so that way his death at the very end can parallel his wife's death That's because everybody's deaths parallels their wife's deaths. Well, the the thing is, is oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, Thank that you, is Jake. true. Thank you for the little. True. <laughs> um, the the thing, I mean, it does have to progress the story. That's literally the only thing is, and Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan's definitely like. I hope they don't notice this. (laughs) (laughs) Guess what, bitch? He's like, because fuck you, that's why. That's my only note until we get to birds, and then I have a lot of notes on bird symbolism because I'm angry. Oh, great. (laughs) We got bird note, guys. There's a lot of notes on the birds because they Um, overemphasize these fucking birds. (laughs) Hashtag birds aren't real. They aren't real. (laughs) Right. Never existed. Um, That's right. Sponsor the pod. Sponsor Mm. sponsor the pod, bird scooters. That's it. The... uh, (laughs) All birds shoes sponsor the pod. Drums. The um, yeah, I just that that whole scene, I and mean, uh, we can kind of skip by, but it's just the the thing that irritated me more about that is the plot line of oh, I don't know what not I tied. You shut you, up. You shut nodded. Up. You nodded at each other. You're like wink, wink. You want to do it? You want to do Would the thing? Think? Arguably, she's as much to blame. She was like, I can totally get out of this knot. I promise. And it's yeah, like, we've done this. Watching good. it watching it this time, I took it being he was the other twin who didn't tie the knot and didn't actually know. Oh, that's, that's an interesting possible. theory. That's an interesting mm-hmm. theory. That's possible. Um, so I just started out my notes by going by like, Christopher Nolan is just obsessed with weird things, man. Same. <laughs> he's just like, he's just like obsessed with like, what if magicians but they hated each other you're just like what would that be like you're just like okay dude we'll deal on this ride with you apparently this is based off of a lot of real magicians feuds at the time makes sense like no magician gets or gets along with another magician except for like pin and teller and apparently this like market economy of selling tricks was like a real thing where like they would straight up like sell each other fucking tricks and I think it still is a thing. It might day. be. Yeah, I, don't, I don't run in magician circles. I don't hate myself, Dex. <laughs> yes, uh, you do. There's yeah, like, right, there's do. like, there's like two times. There's like two types of magic. Uh, it's like guy that breaks it out at a party that you really don't, or just billionaires. <laughs> Chris Angel. <laughs> yeah. Mind freak. Um, <laughs> but don't lie to yourself. You're clearly Everybody wearing a wire. Chris, Everybody wants friend. to be that guy at the party that's like, hey, by the way, <laughs> flowers. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know you're lame as shit, but you still want to do that. I, I do like Is it this you. your card? No. <laughs> shit. Uh, fuck. When someone can do a damn good card trick, though, fuck. But you always have to carry around a pack of cards. <laughs> like, you um, always have to have that. Got my car keys, got my wallet, got my phone. <laughs> I got, got my motherfucking thing. <laughs> Uh, you know I keep that thing on me. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> Pick a card. No, what? all I, all I want to do... Then, like, back in the day, they'd carry a little foldable cage and a bird with them to show yeah. a party. Yeah. <laughs> smash, oh smash. Bird's gone. What now? Um, <laughs> no, all I want to, All I want to do is... I mean, the, completely different, but all I want to do is Magic for Humans, Justin William, Willman, Will, man, whatever his name is. On Netflix? I don't know if I've seen that. Look up Magic for Humans on Netflix. It's a street magician. His name is Justin Woolman. He does street magic, but he's also a comedian, so it's very funny. (laughs) There's like three seasons. I'm intrigued. Magic people could be funny. I thought they just... (laughs) They're all nerds. 
Pin I thought they weren't good at pickup artistry and thus subjected themselves to magic. Thought is David Blaine just freaking out pro athletes in their homes. Stealing watches and shit. <laughs> Speaking uh, of, have you ever seen the David Blaine thing where he goes to uh, Harrison Ford's house and Harrison Ford's just high out of his mind? And he's yes. just like, and he's just like, get out of my house. <laughs> he tricks him with a dude. He like, he like takes like a dollar bill out of his mouth or something like that. And Harrison Ford's like looking at him like he's an actual witch. Like he just like, yeah. I want you to leave now. Harrison Ford starts stoning him to death. <laughs> like, do not spit. Hitting him with a Harrison hitting him with the bullwhip. <laughs> Harrison Ford looks at his watch. He's like, I got to crash a plane in 30 minutes. Finish this shit up. <laughs> I haven't crashed on a golf course in a long time, fella. We're, we're, we're overdue. This is, this is impeding my weekend crash. God damn. <laughs> The Harrison Ford slander is unexpected. My mom loves Harrison Ford. So I love much. Harrison Ford, <laughs> then but he crashes. He shouldn't be flying. I think all white people fact. are required to love Harrison Ford. I also really love Harrison yes, Ford. Yes, that's something else, sir. <laughs> I mean, Harrison Ford, big time daddy, but like Ooh. he. Uh, I really wanted. You know, in Indiana Jones, the girl that writes, like, <laughs> I love you on her eyelids. Oh, yeah. I went as her for one Halloween uh, sometime in my, like, high school years. I don't remember when. I'm sure people like, really got that 80s reference. No one understood it, but I thought I was really fucking cool. I love I have no fucking cinema. idea what y'all are talking about because Heron Ford is the most white famous person of all time. Like, only white people know Harrison Ford. This is. I think people have Untrue. I think, I I think unwhite Yeah, I am strongly debating cutting all of this <laughs> out. Not nearly as many as you would imagine. Uh, but anyway, back to the prestige. Um, <laughs> no, let's talk about Indiana Jones. <laughs> uh, so let's see. I wrote, I wrote down, like, in the beginning, I wonder what the fuck I thought all these hats were like when I first watched this movie. Because, uh, yeah. like, now I recognize that it's, like, foreshadowing the rest mm. of the plot, but I'm like, I don't mm. remember what the fuck I thought was happening when Top <laughs> all hats. those hats got shown the first time. <laughs> a a lot whole of, lot of them. A lot of Monopoly uh, being played. Is this a class commentary? <laughs> the Monopoly man is around here somewhere. Many of them. Uh, the monocles are <laughs> the monocles are not are missing. We have to solve this. Um, I need Jackman and Nolan to team up again. I don't. I'm with it. You also have the Hugh Jackman slander, and I do not understand you because he is objectively really good looking. No, he's not. And in fun movies. And his movies all suck. Every single one. You literally just gave one an A minus. I think this. I gave it this way because of Nolan and Bale, not because of Jackman. Like, mm-hmm. It's unwarranted. It's unfounded. Name another film besides The Prestige that I should like that Hugh Jackman Logan. I don't like it. It's a boring film. Oh, my God. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah. Welcome to the One Take Podcast, hosted by Royden, Jake, and Dex, (laughs) and no one else. (laughs) I just don't understand how you don't think that he's handsome, and that's my biggest complaint. Like, say what you want about his film. That is just false. That is false. I've also said my ideal man is literally what's his face the guy that plays fucking what's it oh my god 
What's it, his fucking name? Adam Driver. My ideal man is Adam Driver. Uh, if if Hugh Jackman isn't hot, then what? It, like, the, there's just Adam no hope Driver. for anyone. Adam Driver's hot. We're moving on from this because you're just objectively wrong. Sorry. Um, you're just a, I'm sorry that I don't like the man that you're in love with. He's hot. He's hot. How is this worse? I'm not saying women don't love Hugh Jackman. I think many women do. I am not one of them. I have receipts on the Harrison Ford thing, by the way. We'll get into that later off. Uh, pod, yeah, but, no, uh, that was. Let's see. Christian My... Bale is actually British in this. <laughs> yeah. Would you look at that? It's a thing that happened. That's they pretty did close it. to his real accent, uh, too. <laughs> hey, uh, I just said, imagine living in a time without electricity. Big time fuck that. Yeah. Super duper fuck that, man. Living any time before, like, 1980 was way more trouble than it was worth. I whack. Know, whack. <laughs> Super whack. I was whack. like, wow, imagine a time where electricity could be considered magical. And I was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be there. Like, I'm Edison was my, a wizard. You're just my lamp. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine going to that like Tesla show and you're just seeing fucking lightning fly over your head? <laughs> they would have stoned you to death. They would have thrown you in a. They would have tied you to a, 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 a cinder block did, and though. thrown you in the river. Historically, they shockingly did not stone Tesla to death. Yeah, shockingly, <laughs> lived a long time. Hey, hey. he lived a he I lived a very long that, time. But I'm gonna take credit for it. That was like pun so intended. I I just feel like man, people are still pooping outdoors. Like they don't know what this is. Yeah, you know what I mean. That seems like you're like burn it with fire. That's like what the um. Let's see. Oh, I said uh, Planet of the Apes guy, but just not in motion capture. Uh, yeah. Uh, Andy Serkis. Um, the lighting in this um, the lighting in this is awesome. I think Wally, uh, Wally Fister did a really incredible job. I mean, obviously, he was nominated for an Academy Award, and he's done, all, you know, most of mo- – he did most of uh, – most of Nolan's films up until – interstellar i think um which also looks good in its own right but like i think the lighting in this is great um i do like the uh i do like the the juxtaposition i guess is the word that i'm looking for or the back and forth between jackman being the showman and bale not and how bale starts to become that later on in the film i think that's really good characterization right off the bat it's very simple very simple characterization, but it's really good. Like, I don't know if y'all have anything like to say well, about the, the characters in this. Yeah, I think that's right. That Borden's, like, the actual natural magician. And, like, because of his duality, I guess, like, is kind of the implication of, like, why. Um, and the commitment, the, the sacrifice he deals with every single fucking day. But, yeah. He's a showman. I agree. Though I also agree with a critic who wrote that if you remove their obsessions in the movie, there is no per- neither of them have a personality. Right. And I think that is true. I think yeah. neither of those characters have any real characteristics except for what they're obsessed with. And that's maybe sort of. I think it's, it's it could, point. <laughs> yeah, it could be it could be a fault, but it also is probably just like men and their obsessions and wanting to just obsess until the very end and then we die. Like, and that's, it's a movie about obsession. Yeah, like, it's it a whole is, point. But to a point that I think sometimes, like you, well, it's like 
Jordan Belfort's obsessed with making money, but there's but a personality he's got there. Personality under it, yeah. I yeah, think I, you can. It makes it a little bit more of an allegory than an actual like three dimensional character. Like, there's no real character study, which is fine. Mm-hmm. It kind of functions, I think, more as an allegory, which it works. I think that works, but. It works fine, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just it is, but the the most characteristics that they have is pretty much shown within the first couple of minutes, where they're I just agree. like, where like as soon as Jackman steps up on stage as like the plant or the volunteer, he's just like, huh, like, yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, look at me, and then you know, and Which, and Bale's kind of like. Hmm. Also, I'd be curious how these scenes were filmed because something Jackman has this habit in pretty much every film he's in that he cannot keep a consistent accent. Um, and his accent slips a fuck ton early in this movie and then gets more consistent as it goes Mm. on. So I'd be interested to... I did write down, why make him American? They never, like, they never, unless his British accent is just so terrible that they were just like, yeah, there's no point because they base this entirely in London except for when he goes to Colorado. But it's just like, there's no characterization of him where it's like, you're an American, like, out of place. I don't know. Make him go really far away. But if you make him Australian, like, he actually is... That's also yeah, really doesn't take, fucking far away. Doesn't take anything away from this movie. I don't know. Do y'all have anything but, on that? Like, why make him American? Yeah. Nope. His accent just breaks. Nope. No, nothing. <laughs> hey, whatever. Fine with it. Um, let's see. I, I do love... Go ahead, Jake. Or Dex. Custody of his kid is like a wild thing to be able to hold over somebody's head as a third party. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's some really <laughs> fucked up shit. <laughs> she will go to the work farm. <laughs> 1860, she's going to get the black lung if you don't give up your jokes. Or give up, give up, give up your, your jokes. Your, your tricks. Your jokes. Imagine a world where comedian jokes have the yeah. same economic currency. <laughs> Hey, that dick joke you've been working on, give it up or your child's going to prison. <laughs> it's because come- comedy's worthless and comedians are right. inherently of no value. <laughs> well, they say that and he's like, you know how much I hate comedians. <laughs> and I was just kind of like, ouch. <laughs> um, I do love the line and I it should have been the tagline for this film, but the line, are you watching closely and how Bale delivers it is great every single time. Yep. It's a great yep. line. And uh, just kind of how that's a little characteristic for him where it's just like, I'm better than you at this. And it's just, it is really, really intimidating every time that Bale's pretty intimidating in this, mostly because he's fat in this fat for him. Yeah. Fat for him. He's fat Bale in this. This is after, this is after he's, he's fat man. He's after uh Batman in this. <laughs> it's like after Batman? it's like you yeah, bait, bait man, bat, bat- it, <laughs> Turn table turns on it. Um, <laughs> like a little callback to last week. Um, but this is like after he stops taking steroids for uh, Batman, and it's just like coming down off of it. Um, I mean, he's a little chub. I think he's the cutest here. So um, Michael Caine. Uh, Michael Caine is exposition man. Yeah, and he like he is in most uh, Nolan films. Um, yeah. Michael Caine is in that like that Denzel Washington like category where he's always just like the wise old man at everything that he does at this point. Like, but he's been that way did. for decades now. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like he's same more, for like, Denzel. Morgan. I feel like he's more no. like Morgan. I feel like he's more like Morgan Freeman, where it's like you're just always old wise man could play God. Like right. Um. Let's see. Which one was the one in the apartment? <laughs> 
Does it matter? Any? Do you mean like when they switch places and like he's oh, trying to I, watch? I don't know if it matters. I, like I don't know who's in love with who, so I guess it just doesn't matter at that point. Yeah. Yeah, because they know. both. I guess they both play the Fallon guy too. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it just doesn't matter. But it is sort of interesting. Is like they doing like wife wife swap stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. what are they? Which what are we doing also, here? Are we to assume also that the one that's in love with Sarah is also actually the father of the child? Like that's what I've been assuming. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I mean, we have to I don't like know that we know. There's really no way. I to feel know. like I would assume that, especially because yeah. he seems more affectionate towards the child in all the scenes. Where we do know that there's a separation. Well, the one that is at the very end is the father of the child. Yeah. Which is the one that's, like, that's pretty. Sarah. I would assume I mean, that. I would assume now. that. I would, that's why I was assuming. Like, I don't know. It's not um, actually important. It's just, I don't know. No one knows CPR in this. I know we talked about that for just like no. two seconds. No one tries. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, you expect them to know basic medical science? Science uh, is a magic at this point in the, history. Michael Caine's like, he took five minutes for him to cough. Like, maybe we should try something else instead of waiting for him to, like, expel this from his lungs by themselves. Maybe we should try something. No. CPR was not invented until 1960. Honestly. Wow. I, that makes it took sense. that long for somebody to be like, maybe if we press on their chest, the water will come out. To the sound, well, did the song um, stay in a lot? <laughs> First, I was afraid. I was petrified. Was that, you had to wait for that song to exist first. Did you? Do, are you supposed to do it? To I will survive. No, it's staying alive. Staying uh, alive. Uh, that's the uh, that's the office bit. Oh. The, the the office bit with Michael Scott, where he starts off the <laughs> he starts off the song by going, first I was afraid. I was petrified." They're like, "No, no, no, no." The uh, the staying alive bit. Well, why would I do that? <laughs> Um, yeah apparently mouth-to-mouth resuscitation was invented in 56 and then cpr was invented in 60 the the mouth-to-mouth so no they did not know the mouth-to-mouth they were just like make out out with the dead body (laughs) that'll work just try it and see yeah it was just like by some necrophile who was like maybe it'll bring them back what if you what if you put your mouth on on their mouth do it stick your tongue in just to see (laughs) Just to see. Just the. <laughs> Dude, CBR is nuts because they can do it for so long, or like if you get, like, you will break somebody's chest. Wait, yeah. Did someone find out the rhythm? Because they were like, I just wanna, I just wanna press our song into his chest one more time. <laughs> if I was given. Stay alive! <laughs> that's, that's so funny. Now I'm imagining somebody doing CPR one more time. One more time. I want to celebrate. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Our six fans are going to be like very confused about why I opened this podcast episode with Stay Alive. Played it all on my roots. I showed up in the boots <laughs> and ruined your flag. It's not working. I'm going to. My money, right? No, no, the beginning of that song. Ding. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> Ding. Run away from me, baby. Ding. Ding. Da, 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 da. 
Okay. Oh my god. That's going online. Hey, hey now, you're an all star. Get the game on. Go play. It's not working. The smack. Do this much on CPR. Smash Mouth, we need another one! <laughs> Dear Lord. Just we will rock you, but just the stomping part. <laughs> oh, man. Mr. Jones and <laughs> Tell each other very I tell. love Counting Crows so much. Say that again, Jay. What'd you say? Shout out to that man for being able to get with... Uh, Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox. Whoa, really? Wait, the lead singer of Cat and Crows? The dude with the dreadlocks? <laughs> the white guy dreadlocks? <laughs> I forgot what his name is. Adam something? Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Adam, Incredible. Uh, Adam, Adam Durr. That is... August and Everything After is my favorite album of all time. <laughs> I keep a close watch on this heart of mine. <laughs> I keep my eyes wide open all the time. Sorry. <laughs> um, let it drop. Uh, let's see. I will say when they they cut to um. Oh, I that is kind of interesting when you were talking about the kid because they're they're like fight they're like talking and he goes. He goes, she goes, I'm pregnant. And he's like, we should have told Fallon. So it's like that one was the the dad, oh, probably. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Like, which one it was, it doesn't matter. But it was just like when they're in the apartment and he's like, not that. He's like, oh, we should have told that guy. <laughs> like, the one you had sex with. <laughs> um, Wait, it, this has me thinking. Wait, can like, I backtrack? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, go Dex. Ahead. Kaylin, your point is probably more interesting. Go ahead. No, you do yours because you spoke first. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> so, like, having sex with the wife, oh. does she, like, <laughs> have to teach both of them what she likes? Like, does she have, like, are they swapping notes? Or, like, is she oh, training uh, them Dex, both? Dex, this is, this is your fatal flaw because you're a good man. <laughs> I think, but I think you think most men care. <laughs> I I did I did write down um later that they were just doing the literal uh the urban dictionary Houdini. <laughs> um let's Wait, see. I was gonna backtrack though. Because before they get together, like before their marriage, before they have their baby, you like y'all remember the scene with her nephew, right? where um, yes so like with the bird and he shouts out like oh my Where's god brother? he killed it and then the whole like brother thing yeah so uh, someone was talking about that as like total foreshadowing where it's like uh you also killed the brother but the problem is the metaphor doesn't extend anywhere else because otherwise the metaphor for the birds is just used for women so i just i don't know that's like one of the metaphors that really bugs me because it doesn't continue throughout the rest of the story like unilaterally mm -hmm. it takes on some weird like i don't know like when you use a metaphor in literature you're supposed to just stick with it and not add like other components to it but mm -hmm. then there comes this really bizarre like 
fe- like narrative where like the doves are also like the women in cages like because scarlett johansson gets forced into a box mm-hmm. and like then we see well first we see a dove getting stuffed into a cage and then we see scarlett johansson being stuffed into the bottom of a box so it's like they're also connected somehow. It's weird. I think you might be thinking about it just a little too. No, much. I'm not, because other people have seen it, and it's all where it's like the women are considered similar to the birds. That's yeah. pretty accepted. Yeah, and not that part, but like the, the brother stuff- thing is literally oh. just like that's his brother. Ooh, it's a brother thing, foreshadowing. Well, like, no, I, I know, but what I'm that. saying they do continue the metaphor though at the very end, and I'm trying to remember how, but like because I remember I wrote it down. Because I thought it was weird. Because they don't address that metaphor at any other point. I don't know. I just found it lazy. I don't know. That's all I was going to say. I think the, the metaphor um, just is lazy. Yeah, I feel like... I mean, Nolan just puts stuff that is like, Hey, did you catch that? That's, I guess, what I'm saying. Is it ends up being like he doubles up his metaphors in a way that just feels like... You think you're really fucking smart. Um, and it's making me tired. The... Uh, <laughs> Let's see. So they have the worst disguises in this movie. And the fact that one of the brothers didn't know it was just Hugh Jackman in a beard. He was just yeah, like, no, that was... like, you, not Hugh Jackman. Like, Yeah, I wrote that down too. Like they have the, literally the worst luck in this movie. Like how do y'all keep picking the one person who's about to fuck up your shit every single time? Mm-hmm. I y'all do a magic tell. trick? <laughs> I couldn't tell. I should have known. Like, mm. Yeah, you should have maybe. Yeah, maybe, because he's wearing, I'm going to put on this, I'm irrecognizable. And he's just like, (laughs) he's just like pubes on his face. Like, that's what, like, it's not good. Also, Um, that trick, I feel like we're at a point in time where stage gun exists. It feels very concerning to hand a random person a gun. Yes. No matter what. Well, they talk about it, but they're just like, nah, it'll never happen. (laughs) It'll never happen. (laughs) Nobody will ever just randomly carry around bullets. Looks like especially not the guy whose wife I killed. Yeah, (laughs) he's definitely not out for revenge. Um, let's see. The the oh, he tied the length for double. We already talked about that. Um, he keeps saying I don't know, which is irritating. Mm -hmm. He did. I think Uh, it's fair to say it might be the brother. I think that's actually a good explanation on like maybe why why who doesn't know what really know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but that that's even. Even still, though, I don't know is the wrong answer to give at a right. funeral. Right. <laughs> like, come on, bro. That is the wrong thing to say. Right? You show okay. up after everyone thinks it's your fault. Just be like, no, I tied the other one. She's just bad at it. Like, yeah, you know, say like, something. She's just a dumb bitch like all of them. Ha ha. They would have. 1860, suck. they would have been like, oh, you know what? They would have been like, <laughs> women are stupid. Um, Let's see. That I I don't you know, say say call me uh, a pig or whatever, but Scarlett Johansson is so good looking, like yeah. it's just crazy, mm-hmm. like it's just like when it, especially in this film, I'm just like, whoa, like I don't know what that was, I was just like, yeah, she's she's, I get it. Um, the 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 little line they say like, um, say your hands are dirty is like, I you know my hands aren't dirty. He's like someday you might have to get your hands dirty. Okay. Thank you for the foreshadowing there, Professor. Um, they just keep showing up and hurting each other like spy versus spy. Like, yeah. they're just like, <laughs> like, it's just like, I don't know. It's just kind of funny at some points. Like, at the third time, it's comedy. Like, 
Um, but when he shows up and literally traps that woman's fingers in the birdcage, I was out loud kind of like, oh. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, that's messed up, man. I wrote down, I'm glad birds aren't real. Hashtag birds aren't real. <laughs> All drones by, spied on by the government that's to make right. you wear those masks that you don't want to wear. Um, I'm kind of confused by timelines in this because they go by each other's journals, but then it like skips mm-hmm. from real life to journal to them reading. The, it just, it, the, the timelines in this are sort of, it's not the worst, but there's a couple of jump cuts like you were saying, Jake, where I was just kind of like, wait, 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 where are we right now in this story? Yeah, I wrote down, I can see how this would be like extremely disorienting if you've never seen this movie before, but I don't remember being disoriented the first time Mm -hmm. that I watched it, so I don't know. But if people were confused by the time in Little Women, there's no way that they understand this Which I also don't understand. I still don't quite understand people being confused by Little Women. I find that. It's so fucking obvious. It's not. Wow. Wow. It's almost like she's remembering things. Um... (laughs) Yeah, I don't want it. But anyway, but, like, I find this one jumpy, but, like, I think, I don't I don't know how I honestly kept up with it when I was a kid. Because I watched it when I was super young, and I probably didn't. But, like, it's a movie that's so easily, like, distractible in a weird way. Like, it, it works as a sleight of hand, I think. It's not yeah. about magic, but I think it operates in a lot of ways as, like, magic, where it's, like, it, it looks pretty. No, it absolutely does. I mean... It, we start the movie where they basically tell us like, we're just going to fucking pull a trick on you and here's how we're going to do it. Yeah. exactly. Um, yeah. The timeline, like looking at it objectively now, like to actually like, nitpick it, the timeline switches are pretty jarring. Um, but I think if you just watch it on the service level or if you're just casually watching it, it, there's so much happening and it's easy enough to grasp because you're constantly trying to figure out the next step. You're, I mean, you're an active participant in a, in a magic trick. Like, you're trying to figure out the yeah. trick before the magician shows it to you, so that way you're not got. So you tend to ignore the details of, like, time is switching and the unreliability of a narrator. Which I also think it's interesting. It basically works as, like, a murder mystery, like, in some sense, which also is interesting with the themes of obsession. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the entire point of, like, a murder mystery, the way that it's, like, I forget Agatha Christie has basically a quote about this. That, like, her entire goal is to make the reader so obsessed that they can't put it down. Like, that you can't stop until you know. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, what is interesting is that, like, it puts you in the same position, kind of, as, like, the main characters. Where you're like, I can't not try to figure this out. Yeah. Like, I have to know what the answer is. So, it's like, we also become, in a smaller way, obsessed. I need to know how the man is vanishing. Yeah. And it doesn't take away from it. I mean, the very, like, it opens with, like, like a murder mystery. Like, oh, yeah. Hugh Jackman's dead. Like, we know this already. You know, so, so how do we just, get from A yeah, to B? And I, working backwards in that is a very Christopher Nolan. It's not, he didn't, like, invent this. But, like, it's a very Nolan genre thing to, like, kind of work backwards through a lot of things. But I, I, I think that it kind of jumps around a little bit too much in the middle somewhere where I you're agree. just like, all right, is this the journal entry? Mm-hmm. Where are they right now? And it doesn't take away, and it almost adds to the very ending of the movie, but I think you're so enamored with the ending of the movie that, like, the middle part where you're just like, oh, it doesn't matter anymore. The the beginning and the ends of this movie are so fucking spectacular that I think you can ignore a lot of the stuff in the middle. 
Because I mm. do think that, like, for me on second watching, I think that is kind of, like, what I realized is that I remember the beginning and I remember the end. Yeah, right. I don't but I mean, really that's... give a shit on the middle. Like, there's no scene really in the middle that I'm, like, amazing. But that's how the magic trick always works, right? Like, yeah. you're, no, you're presented an ordinary object and then you don't care how we get to the end. You just care about the ending. You want to be dazzled first. And then you spend Which the whole is- time going... How did I get dazzled? Because I thought I was better than this. Are yeah. we saying that the middle of this movie has no merit when David Bowie walks out of literal lightning? <laughs> You're, right. You're right. I'm wrong. Incredible. I'm That's wrong. incredible. It, it I give is. up. I, no, but I think it's such an interesting commentary because like, I, I read something somewhere that all books are about books and all movies are about movies. Absolutely. Like, everything is secretly about filmmaking and everything is secretly about... Like, all books are about writing a book. And like... Oh. Which is an interesting theory of like reading and watching that. Like, That's acad- super meta. Academics love it. But Christopher Nolan, he lives in the meta speci- world. I think yeah. it is especially true about this movie. This movie is ultimately about how to make a film. Yeah. Like, it's the magic trick of filmmaking. It's about Nolan's personal obsession. It's about, yeah. like. Yeah. If his movies weren't so good and made for like audiences like, like, me big dumb idiot like if if they weren't also made for me and i didn't understand it it would almost be pretentious he's but, but like, i mean memento but he is but he, he is pretentious but like you can still watch his movies which is yeah. kind of an interesting thing about christopher nolan especially yeah. to me i don't know yeah i agree with that completely because i think some of his earlier stuff is less approachable like i found memento really really hard like i rewatched it about two years ago and i'm like that's a weird difficult movie yeah that I'm honestly surprised audiences liked, because um, it's slow as fuck. And hadn't think, seen like that. He hadn't seen anything kind of like that in a long yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And I think what's cool about the Prestige is it does a lot of the work of something like Memento, like what he's trying to say about time and like film, without with basically with appealing to a mass audience without being like just a pretentious art piece that doesn't make anyone happy. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's why he probably has a lifetime deal at Warner Brothers because they're like, you may. That's why. You know, they always say, like, one for me, one for you, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And Warner Brothers he, is he, basing their entire stock options right now yeah. on a, Off a tenant. <laughs> yeah, off, off a tenant. So. Please, God, wear your mask. I want to go see that movie. Holy shit. Uh, I love how literally all of us are like, we have no idea what the fuck is happening in the tenant trailer. We're like, we win it. Let's go. I, we have, I would. <laughs> absolutely. I'm going to write that number one in our Nolan rankings. I don't know Without ever seeing it, we're just. Yeah. Like, this is clearly the best. It could be a piece of crap, and it and it. I don't think it will be. I think it. It, it won't. All of his movies are like seventy and above. Yeah, they're but at like passable. <laughs> so so like, but it has the potential to be really great, or just everybody just let down so hard. Um, yeah. the take it back anyway. around. Sorry, yeah. Unrelated, related. Um, it always reminds me, Bare Naked Ladies have a song called, or no, it's Blues Travelers, have a song called Hook, which is just a song about how you can say anything, uh, but as long as the hook in the chorus of the song is catchy, everybody will love mm-hmm. it. And that's, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, that that's happening in Prestige, is that as long as the audience is dazzled, whatever happens in the middle doesn't matter. Because you, at the very end, you're not wondering, like, Really, about that would the, be super meta by by Christopher Nolan. But to I think make that's, a shitty part, middle part of the film. <laughs> but I think that's partially what it like, is. I think that's partially what it is. Is that no? It's not. It's not like 
shitty. He's not going to make a bad film, but I think there is a, a, a subtle wink and a nod going on there on the from the Nolan yeah, side to where he slows it down at least. Yeah, he to the, like to the metal to like the people that he considers you know film people that are on his level that he can you know wink and nod and be like, yeah, the audience doesn't get a shit about this, but we know. I know you know, but we know. Because <laughs> it's like I think the middle is constructed so much slower. And so, and it's what it's invested in feels different than what the beginning and the end are invested in, which mm-hmm. I think is interesting. I don't know. I think that's probably right. I think Nolan very much. Maybe we're giving him too much credit, but I feel like there is a certain level of intentionality. Anybody that's ever, if you ever listened to any interviews about Chris, not for, by him, but mm-hmm. about him, is that everything, like any actors that have always worked with him, have always said like everything he does is intentional, uh, which is I, crazy to think about. Then I would say that he is intentionally making a film that's basically about the like magic of yeah. filmmaking and how it's basically a giant ruse. Like yeah. he's not Michael, but he's not Michael Bay just lucking into something. Like he's yeah, just it's, like why again. It's I a, feel I wish I was a Christopher Nolan, but I know I'm a Michael Bay, and I find that like really disheartening sometimes. Yes, yeah. I mean again, it's a movie about the process of telling a story in which they tell you exactly what the story is in the beginning, and still you yeah. at the end you're like, oh shit, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, yeah, they I, literally tell you the three parts yeah. of the film. No, they at the beginning it. and at the end. Oh, absolutely. They, they you, spoil it the fuck for you. You start in media res, and you're still amazed at the end. Like, <laughs> and like they do exactly what they tell you that if you watch the trick, you'll know how the trick is done. Like if you mm-hmm. watch the right stuff. And, like, literally in the middle, it tells you everything you need to know to basically know what's happening with both of them. Yeah, if but you look like, at the at the other hand, the one that's not in your face, you'll see how the trick's done, but you never look at that hand. Yeah, you never do. Um, let's see. Uh, we got to talk about David Bowie, the best part of this the film. The best part. <laughs> Man, give I'm me like, a whole fill. I mean, I realize he's dead, but give me a whole fill of whole. David Bowie and Andy Serkis just doing science. I Man, don't I don't care if it's it. just like a, an argument on quantum physics. Just like let them hang out. I'll, that's all I want. Give me this Edison beef. On <laughs> yeah. yeah. What the hell? They just like I, I wrote that down. And it's just like they, they Thomas Edison, just a big douchebag. Like he's just like, I mean, historically, that's where we are now. Yeah. We've come around on Thomas Edison, but it's just sort of like it is sort of interesting where they're just like hide it from Edison, like don't let the big bad Edison see. And um, but it is kind of funny that you see most of that off screen, and then they just burn his thing down. But it's just like his accent—I don't know about his accent, but it's just like he's a good actor, man. He's actually and it, good, but it makes like sense. for he's not being in a mm-hmm. well, yeah, but not as many as you would think. Well, going back in his filmography, like there's a huge gap between um, like. Oh, the one that he starred in um, in the 80s. Labyrinth? There's like a huge gap between Labyrinth and then he does something out like TV or something like that. He or did The music. Last Temptation of Christ. Yeah, like there's just a big... Pontius Pilate. Oh, God. <laughs> makes sense. Jeez. It makes a lot of sense. Um, I washed my hands. Um, but like the accent's like whatever, but this, the, the way he's a good actor, which is so surprising in this and the, uh, the wink and the nod by, by Christopher Nolan to be like, I'm going to have David Bowie walk out of lightning. Like, of course you are. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and like, also he like apparently didn't want to do this movie, but apparently Nolan was like, absolutely. I will not think about anyone besides David Bowie. Like David Bowie is my only option. And rightly like, so. And if I'm David I, Bowie, I'm like, why is that my problem? 
Well, <laughs> don't think about anybody else. I don't care. Apparently, Nolan had to fly out to see David Bowie and talk to him for like 20 minutes. And like David Bowie was like, fine. I'm like, British. I'll, you're British. Why are we arguing? I'll do it. <laughs> but my favorite thing about him is like he is just so inherently magical, like his presence. But also, like even his fucking eyes are magical because he has that like crazy heterochromia where it's like one eye mm-hmm. is like this bright fucking crazy blue. And the other one's like just br- like he's just kind of a magical being. Like so pretty, man. He's, he's so, so good looking. <laughs> David Bowie, a have, fine piece of man. And I, I, I know this is again. It's the turn. It's look at the dangly thing and and not pay attention to what the other hand is doing. But I appreciate that they absolutely did nothing to disguise David Bowie. It was immediately like no. Here's <laughs> fucking star David man. Bowie what are you gonna do mustache. about it? Yeah. yeah. I wish he would have come out in like his the the '80s Bowie garb with like <laughs> eyeliner and like just like big <laughs> he has head the and, yeah. David Bowie. He has his own lightning bolt around yeah. his eye. <laughs> Oi, I'm Nikola Tesla. You're just like what? <laughs> Oi. Um, <laughs> the no, that I mean, it was he was good, man. Him and Circus. Circus also criminally underrated. Actor. Oh my god, yeah, incredibly cl- criminally underrated. Like carrying. Planet of the Apes while being the ape is incredible. <laughs> um, also, like just like the best motion capture performer of all time, and nobody really knows. Uh-uh. Um, but yeah, he's just super underrated, and uh, you know he's underrated when they were talking about in Planet of the Apes if she he should have won an Academy Award. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like give him something. Like what do we? Um, let's see. Uh, not a great British accent. Actually, uh, very bad by Scarlett in this. Oh, uh, her slips all the time too, and I'm like, very, very bad. bad. Why she's, make her? I, she I don't slips know. American a bunch in this movie, and she otherwise turns out a really good performance. But I'm like, your accent slips super bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. It's mm, it's very, not consistent. Very much not great. Also, where uh, is it from? I watched an analysis of accents, and they couldn't, like, tell where this was even supposed to be from, like, her accent. They were like, this has no, like, wh- where in the UK are you trying and to And judging by her accent be? from Origins Unknown. I'm sorry, that's a different movie, but. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, I did write, imagine having a, a doppelganger in real life. That, so my biggest question Everybody is has how did one? they just find That would be nuts. <laughs> How extremely how? convenient. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. How did just they like, just find oh. Rob's doppelganger who looks exactly like him? Michael like, Caine is God. Like, there's no... Like, at least with Borden and Fallon, there's an explanation on why there's, like, an identical person. <laughs> but, like, in what world is your Everybody's a twin. Exactly or everybody's like a clone. Him. Everybody's a clone. So even <laughs> Shakespearean drunk actor was also a clone. We just didn't know. <laughs> also, fair, there's like five white man faces. So like, it's not that hard. That... Right. I love that. I love that theory on Twitter. It's incredible. It's just like, they all look the same. Um, the, uh, the thing with, um, the thing with the doppelganger, it's not a great performance by Jackman. It's horrible. Uh, it's not very They're good. They're not different people. The ma- no, but I do like how they like gave him fake teeth and stuff. Like, the, like, he'll he'll look just different enough where it's just like Costuming his teeth. Are, did a great yeah. job in this movie. It is not yeah. Jackman. Like, 
Like, it's not their fault that Jackman could not turn out a performance as a different character. It wasn't great. It was just like, I'm drunk, Hugh Jackman. We're like, okay. <laughs> right. Um, the we've new seen your bo- transported man. <laughs> yeah. We've seen, we've seen your body, Hugh. We know you don't drink like that. Um, the... Let's see. Hold on, sorry. The okay. I also Efron wrote was, down. Yeah, go ahead. What? Zac I was Efron, just gonna what? say Zac Efron was an alcoholic and he had a body like that, so theoretically. Um, I guess so. Yeah. Jackman could. The sorry, superior that wasn't dad bod. God, what a dumb tweet. Um, <laughs> so fucking stupid. The it, uh, I was I was gonna say that I just loved like imposing to no one like after doing the well yeah I, I i did i did like the, him bowing under this that, that shot was yeah. good dope it, <laughs> it was very good but it was just like it's just like how bad that would suck just to perform a whole magic show and then somebody cheer for somebody else yeah like i mean i did that that was me <laughs> the Give me attention. That is Hugh Jackman in this, though. Give me attention. Yeah. I'm a Literally the whole time. That's that's really my only complaint with this movie is that his motivations make no sense because originally it's I need revenge for my wife and then it becomes I need to be the greatest magician in the world. Fuck whoever my wife was. It doesn't matter is anymore. Is it because he wants because Bo- he knows Borden's ambition is to be the most successful, so he just wants to take away. I you could dig into that a little bit. I feel like you. I I mean, it's worth digging into that. I don't think Jackman is a good enough actor for me to believe that that's true. Well, then I just think he becomes so obsessed with what Borden is doing, regardless of what it is that he just has to one up him. And I think that's the easiest characterization. Really, I, I, I guess my bigger question is more along the lines of when does it stop becoming a revenge plot? And when does it become, I need to be better regardless. And because eventually the wife gets forgotten. Because isn't it maybe it's just an obsession? Plot it's after Johansson. Yes, yeah. it's after <laughs> Johansson st- shows up and starts slanging like, it around. <laughs> she got big, bigger titties anyway. Um, <laughs> no, but um, I think maybe it's that it's an obsession plot from the get go. So yeah, it's like it's always an obsession with Borden. It's either Borden obsessed because you killed my wife. It's Borden obsessed because you're better than me. I think ultimately the easiest way to explain it is that it's just he's always obsessed with Borden. The reason changes. Yeah. I took uh, the the wanting, yeah, like, the cheers and stuff thing to be just an obsession of its own. Like, because yeah. whether or not they're cheering for actual you, like, bowing under the stage has nothing to do with Borden. That's an obsession, like, on your own. Cause, May- like, well, I do think it has something to do with Borden because it's like I'm better. Like, they love me more. I figured out the better version of this trick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah but like, just like I did. If you're if your obsession is with Borden at that point, it's like people still think that's you, whether or not you're bowing no. under the stage. Because like you you still just have the obsession like of wanting the attention, the applause. But because they have this it. whole conversation with the Michael whole nobody Kane. cares about the man in the box thing. It's like yeah. an obsession I, with I under- like actually getting the attention, not with Borden. I, I understand, attention. but all of that was less important than making sure Borden found him underneath the stage and was incarcerated. Like, that is still the ultimate goal of this trick. Like, the trick is only done so that Borden can eventually go to jail. Like, after the fact. That's after he gets No, nah, we're the, talking about when he has he the gets, actual double still. 
when he still has the like double. The clone stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and he's bowing like, he under, actually the bowing under the stage. After, the first oh, time he's talking about. Okay, I don't. He starts to. He know. starts. It kind of does. Jake, you're right. It does flip flop where he's he's obsessed because he has this long conversation with Michael Caine about about maybe we could switch positions or whatever, and yeah. I could be. I and they're just like, no, you have to do the entire magic show, Dick. Like it's not. <laughs> Um, yeah. it, it is kind of an interesting sort of flip flop there. What is the uh, there is the one point yeah, where he know. like actually literally says, "I don't care about my wife." Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh yeah. Know. What is the he did say that too. of an eighteen nineties magician? Like, where does this end? Really, you die of syphilis at forty five. <laughs> yeah, because you have like, sex <laughs> yeah, with, like but, a bunch of different assistants. And well, obviously, but now, like, yeah. what is the, is there a lot of fame and fortune? Like, is he eventually going to sell out? I mean, Houdini does. That's fair. Extremely famous. That's fair. But it is interesting. It's not that much fame because, like, at one of the later shows, Christian Bale like performs or whatever. He walks out to his carriage and everybody's like cheering for him and whatnot. Then he just decides he's gonna walk home and nobody follows him. Nobody cares. (laughs) Nobody stops him on the street. They're just like, okay, cool, bye. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's supposed to be modeled after like the idea of like becoming like. Because, I mean, like, Houdini was also super in bed with Edison, which I think is an interesting historical note that we have these magicians in bed with Tesla, and Houdini was, like, literally super, super in bed with Edison. Um, I do find it funny that they did, they literally did Tesla, which is kind of, like, it is interesting because I, I put this in the group. Uh, message last line is like why just not make him bill the science wizard or whatever yeah. like you know you could have he could have been anybody but dex you did have a good point yeah it's just like the audience already knows tesla for like doing sparky sparky magic shit like <laughs> you're just well and i think it also like, roll with it yeah like i also do think like both of those men do have actually like historical connections to like actual magicians like edison at least like was super super connected into the like magic world and literally edison's like i can't figure this out on my own i need ma- i need a wizard <laughs> i forget like what it science was. science doesn't the- matter when when houdini died like all the lights went out in all of new york city or something because he was so connected to edison it was like a super weird coincidence like obviously hmm. like houdini's ghost didn't turn off all the lights but like everything went out what do you mean you obviously why are you I saying mean, you that with know. absolute certainty? Because <laughs> I am Houdini. But that's actually like literally Houdini's. Um, I'm the real Houdini. I am Houdini. Um, but Houdini's wife held a seance every day on the anniversary of his death. And apparently like a couple times the lights went out. When she was the death of Houdini, not like just continuing. The death of Houdini is so crazy because it's like one of the most preventable things. It's like yeah. if you just would have gone to the doctor. Or if he could have just braced his core better. Yeah, if just, you know, you would have just gone to the doctor. They could have been like, oh, yeah, you're bleeding. Yeah. No, it's, it's kind of. Uh, but, but I think, yeah, it actually totally makes sense <laughs> to have a Tesla actual figure because historically and also because of what Dex was saying, it makes it easier for the audience. So there's like a bunch of cool reasons. You would <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. fucking Christopher Nolan having to explain. So there's this like science wizard guy. <laughs> But there's this other science wizard guy who has beef and so destroys his shit. It's like nah. Well, the beef with Tom, the beef with Edison didn't make it. Doesn't add anything. <laughs> They're just like, oh yeah, 
uh, Edison's gonna come around and burn your stuff Wait. to the ground. Like, but why? It, but it does kind of make it funnier when you consider, like, the two things Edison did in this period. A, joining up with another magician. So in this alternate reality, Tesla and Houdini, I'm sorry, Edison, both have a gang of magicians that, like, they're hanging around. Rival magicians just <laughs> and, fighting it to the death. And also, Edison's, like, magic trick is basically frying a fucking elephant. <laughs> Oh. Edison's yep. magic trick is stealing other people's image. Um, yep. Not the... wrong. <laughs> Johansson, Scarlet's just falling in love with everybody, man. Yeah, she takes is two seconds for her to. <laughs> Whoa, jeez! Uh, I literally wrote I down too. why. Why did you fuck Fine. this man? You did not need to fuck this man. Yeah, why did you fuck nah. every single person, Scar? <laughs> didn't like that. Didn't have to. Didn't, didn't have, have to. to. She on accident. <laughs> she went over there and she was like. Oh, I'm already in love with Christian Bale. And you're just like, what? That took two seconds. Which makes sense because Christian Bale's hotter. But it's also like really this. She also, her body count is all fucked up. Like body counts are made up anyway. But she thinks she's only had sex with two people. Yeah, yeah. She's like, <laughs> Whoops. But there is a third man in there's a legitimate. There's a legitimate chance you had sex with another man. You had sex with his brother also. That, that's problematic. I don't want to go into that. Like, that's fucking um, weird. I the, love how she goes up to Christian Bale and she's like, he wants me to double cross you, but I'm double crossing him. So it's a triple cross, but I might be <laughs> quadruple crossing you. So, you know, the turntables, because they turn tables. Table, turn, turn, tables. Table, tables. <laughs> and Christian Bale and the other guy are just like, well, we'll just give her a plant diary, right? <laughs> like, they're just, they use her back. Like, it was just like, Really easy just to be like, just give her the diary and uh, anyway. Olivia's like, I'm Nah, one of them was like, smart. I already hit, so like, we're just gonna give her the diary. This movie fucking hates women. I mean, right. this movie fucking hates uh, Still beat, though. Still beat. Um, the do you love me line, it didn't, it, it seems mean in the context when you're watching the film where it's like, do you love me? Not today. Damn. But like, <laughs> It makes more sense when you realize the twist at the very end, well, it where it's just like it's not it's not the same guy. Where it's still the like, wrong thing to say, though. Like, yeah, nope. I don't love you today. But it's also like one of those things that I was watching it and I was like, "Damn, I've been there." Like where I can like tell that someone does not like me or doesn't mean what they're saying. And I think with the twist, it's like so. I think it works on a lot of levels of like it's actually very emotionally meaningful. I feel like, but then it's also just like. Yeah, also working for the twist, which is interesting. And also, so, so just honesty. very mean. Well, just very like, mean. Just a well, dick thing to I say, fam. But to be fair, she's just like, just be honest with me for fucking once. And he's like, yeah, no, I don't love you. <laughs> I wrote mean. down that that in the funeral scene where he says he doesn't know what naughty tied it's like y'all gotta be better liars than this. Like, y'all are magicians well, who have been hiding lying. a double life. It's like, y'all. You need to be a better liar. Like, just but lie more. Lying. This is the first time. <laughs> just lie lies. more. Lie. Just lie keep right lying. Now. Just know keep when lying. To lie. This I is a very good time to lie. No, we don't need to teach men to lie more. And that's they're already lying about a double life. They're already lying about a double life. Just keep yeah, doing what's it. Yeah, one more lie. I, that way she doesn't kill herself. I think that's a better outcome. Well, we don't. Yeah. don't to be fair, we, to be fair, I don't think he knows she's gonna kill herself. There is like zero. Um, there's like zero indication that she's gonna hang herself. I don't. And like then that she just scene. does, and yep. that was shocking on it rewatch because I forgot that happened. I'm gonna be really honest. I don't like. And part of the reason I'm giving this an A minus is I really fucking hate everything Nolan does with both of those women. 
and the suicide is completely unnecessary. It makes no sense for her character. I don't nope. like it at all. Doesn't make any he, sense. And he, I was just kind of like, I I audibly was like, oh shit! Like I was just kind of like, what? He was... straight up did it to do a crushed bird metaphor, basically, like to like connect her to the birds that are surrounding her. Because, like, that shot is literally just her and her hanging herself with the birds in the cages. And, like, he's brought up this metaphor throughout the fucking movie for, like, five years. Like, the fact that these women are connected to birds in cages, like, I get it. And also, it's been done before. Like, wow, amazing. But, like, and it's also about, like, dedication to the art, I guess. Because those birds also are connected to, like, how far are you willing to go? Like, are you willing to crush this bird? Like, whatever. But yeah, like, but there's just no indication that she is like, like even his, like like the, yeah. they have an argument, and it's a bad argument. But there's like no indication that she's this unhappy. There's like two seconds yes. of characterization where he's like, "You're cheating on me," and like, "No, I'm not." And then she just hangs herself. That's like it's just like I'm took a jump. I'm saying this is a metaphor, and it annoys me when this happens. This is, I feel like, a metaphor for metaphor's sake. Like they did it just to do it. Like. And that annoys me. I don't like something that it felt lazy. I'm gonna. Keep I didn't that. see the metaphor to begin with, so like, I saw like just, you're probably right, but I just was like sitting there going like, as just a dumb brain idiot, I was sitting there just going like, <coughs> I don't know. Thanks. It's just like it was just stupid. I was I just sitting there it like a metaphor either. I was just like, she doesn't enjoy oh, being really. If you take life. it at face value, <laughs> it's if you take it at face value, it's still stupid. I think it's it, still just kind of like she doesn't know if her it. husband loves her or not, and yeah. like I, you know, she has this very difficult time like dealing with fame and him like being with other women, and she couldn't take it and she killed herself. That's what I took it as. They set it up That's from the very beginning leap. with the birds that like because Scarlett Johansson is super cleanly associated with birds, and so is Sarah from like their introductions, and like. Yeah. They're associated specifically with caged birds and caged birds dying. Because Scarlett Johansson is associated with the dove, which seems very intentional. And Sarah's associated with these, uh, the little canaries, basically. Um, those are the birds or, that she's most cleanly associated with. Or we could be looking too far into this. No, because women in cages. <laughs> That's what birds, I'm taking. Birds in cages and women are like a metaphor as old as time. There has never been a bird in a cage and a woman. There, there hasn't been something about like that woman being caged. And, birds like, of Prey trapped. starring Margot Robbie. That is, also, um, that is almost certainly about women being caged. <laughs> what? what? I'm not saying the canary, wrong. I'm just saying. The whole point I of the canary didn't care is that, that much. she's caged. I'm kidding. Um, the you read one Maya Angelou book, and here we are. <laughs> um, that one's does different. let's see, how do the clones have the memories? That's my biggest question about it. Yeah, Where he's, magic. They magic, right? <laughs> Tesla, the car, um, the. I don't know. That is just kind of interesting where it's just like they come out and they just, I remember everything. <laughs> um, really? Like not one of them's an idiot. Like not one of them is just less cognitive function than the other one. Uh, <laughs> it gets like increasingly dumber. Like yeah, the Simpsons like... Treehouse of Horror where Homer makes the, the duplicate hammock. <laughs> Yeah, it's just they just keep getting just <laughs> slightly dumber, dumber and dumber. I mean, they're um, so 
now comes the the, the twist discussion because we kind of had to get there. Uh, do you? Th- well, I will say this really quickly. What, uh, do the uh, twin and the uh, do they like wear the beard when they're alone together? <laughs> Stick them together like, like Velcro. It looks like it because there's a scene where they're talking I think to they each do. other. Yeah, yeah. There's a scene where they're talking to each other. Like, why does he know how to do this and we can't figure it out? And he has the beard on. It's <laughs> like, yeah, you take that I, off. Nobody's cause, here. Because like uh, when uh, Hugh Jackman is like just like backstage or whatever, just talking to Scarlett Johansson, like they tell the double to get out of there so nobody walks in and sees them. So they probably are that committed to the trick that like they're never alone as the same person. They're that committed to the trick that they chisel off a finger. Yeah. Ugh. No thanks. No. Yeah. I, 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 I don't. I don't yeah. care. Imagine a swig of whiskey and bite into this dowel. This will be over soon. Also, yeah, you're gonna die of sepsis within a minute. How old were they when they decided to do this? And how did like they convince the other one? Like whichever one had this idea. Like how did he Man. sell it to the other twin? They may, it's starting to make more sense of that, that he's a clone. <laughs> yeah, like, again, like, nobody has ever known. Do this. I, cl- I created you. <laughs> so I, I don't want to, Father. Do it. <laughs> so um, here's my one, my one thing, because I, I, I just thought yeah, about I'm it. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, 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 no. no. Um, we can get that in a second. Unless Christian Bale's character this entire time knew he was going to do his own spin-off series and become the world's greatest magician doing this twins act. It would make no sense for this world to ever exist where nobody in the this this inner circle at the very beginning wouldn't know that he has a twin. Right. Otherwise, well, why hide him? Why like Where's parents? Yeah, like why well, probably Dead. died at the age of 10. But um <laughs> <laughs> But it, it just it it trips me up to think that like Somehow this has been planned for so long that they have to constantly live these double lives, and for him to launch Christian or um, Hugh Jackman to Tesla, like it's it's all very coincidental and fuckery. Yeah. Um, so go ahead with your twist. Does the original Christian Bale die after the first duplication? You mean Hugh Jackman? Yeah, sorry. Hugh Jack. Oh, uh, so no, because he he shoots him because he puts the gun there and he knows the gun is there. So we know that the machine does nothing except make a duplicate. Yeah. So immediately the machine. All right. So the first time he shoots the duplicate, but every time after that it goes straight into the box. So the duplicate mm-hmm. becomes Christian Bale. So eventually Christian Bale died. Hugh Jackman. We're going to get on this. I know. It's going to fuck me up the whole time. So eventually, Hugh Jackman <laughs> died for the trick. The original yes. Hugh Jackman died for the trick. Several times, probably. Yeah. The original Hugh Jackman is dead. Yeah. Yes. I would have to say. Imagine, because, like, you have to, you have to do it on stage. Imagine wanting to get at your enemy so bad that you're willing to die for your trick, and he never gets to experience the applause. Yeah. That is so, he never actually So the five, the real his, the real yeah. guy never gets to He do never it. gets he to never experience wants. the one thing he always wants, which is the admiration of the audience. The clone always gets it. 
Which, but that becomes, as like I said earlier, the, the clone has the memories, so I guess it's just the same, and like still has the plot to, to to put Christian Bale away, so it's just like, it's the same dude, Yeah. So, but it is sort of yeah, interesting like, when you start Yeah, if it wasn't to, the same dude, he would just pop out on stage and be like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, yeah. <laughs> what is this shit? But well, it was I guess Theseus this is ship like where, the same consciousness. Yeah having the same consciousness but it is sort of cold-blooded when the dude's like it is sort of freaky when the guy's like wait and he shoots him yeah like that is an interesting very interesting scene but it is it is sort of a weird but take on what is consciousness in yeah. a film about time you know what i mean like it's just sort of like what is which lends itself I, to the i don't want to get Bale too deep like, into this but it's like what is the meaning of what is the meaning of being alive like who is the real person and yeah. stuff like that you know what i mean well, and then you kind of get that with the twins and christian bale and stuff it was like we have these halved experiences is that the same as having like the whole experience you know what i mean so it's just like um i don't know it, i mean it lends itself to the christian bale as a clone theory because they're conscious and aware that they are a clone because you would imagine once you're you're not going to live out the same life as a clone, you would have you would experience the world slightly different, making slightly different changes. I'm going with the clone theory. <laughs> what happens when people stop giving a fuck about that trick? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like damn, I just lost three fingers for this trick, and nobody gives a fuck about it anymore. Yeah, I'm old news. The um the thing went viral on TikTok <laughs> one time. What if the, now we're done. what if the new what went viral on TikTok had. <laughs> Had 11,000 retweets, most with comments. <laughs> and people were like, oh, that was cool. Right. Um, what if the, the clone, the the Hugh Jackman clone, um, the Hugh Jackman clone just didn't know what to do the rest of the magic show? Like, he didn't know that he was supposed to step out. <laughs> like, he was made he was slightly like, dumber. Wait, shit. Yeah. No, <laughs> well, I said the lightly dumber thing, but he just, like, he just didn't remember the rest of his act. Where he just kind of was like... But wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what do I do here? Um, it is it is sort of interesting because the original Hugh Jackman has to die because the original Hugh Jackman has, has to, to perform the, the trick yeah. the first time in front of an audience. But it is sort of interesting for him to just be like, well, I'll come out on the other side of this, I guess. Yeah. But you have to be willing to make sure that... I don't know. It's weird. You have to be willing to... There had to have been an experiment done where they were just like, all right, do you remember my birthday? Do you remember <laughs> yeah. what's our dead wife's name? Like, you have to, like, um, there has yeah, to be, like, like a little, like, the, like, do they oh, both have the same consciousness? <laughs> like, when, <laughs> right. Because there's a moment when, like, they're both alive. So, like, do they have mm-hmm. the same consciousness at the same time? Right. That's what I'm curious about because I think yeah. that's what makes the difference on the Borden being a clone argument. To a certain extent, is it's like if their consciousness is totally shared, even in the moment, they're twins. Like there's no way, because like we have scenes where they're like kind of like ex- explaining, giving instructions to each other. Um, so they're not clearly sharing an identical consciousness. But if they're not sharing the same consciousness, then the clone theory still can hold. Like, does um, that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Really, what it just is so. It's go ahead, Jake. What I was getting to is, since the original Hugh Jackman is dead, it makes the ending less poignant. Yeah, because he's, yeah, it he's, is kind of. It's not mimicking the wife's death anymore because it's not original him. It's cloned a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, for a thousand times. Yeah, 
Unless you want I mean, to go for some. Down, though. Unless you want to go down. Well, he gets shot and then it gets burned down and all the things break. But um, I mean, the original wonder, Hugh Jackman yeah, the original, did drown yeah. though. Yeah. But I wonder if that isn't also part of the point, right? So if they're mimicking their wives' deaths, but significantly after the fact, then they're basically doing. So you know how the tricks once they're redone mean less. Mm-hmm. Like there's less value to them. I wonder if there's something there. I'm just coming up with this now. I don't, I'm reaching a little bit, but like, I feel like there's a shot. You mean like once we know how the trick is done? Yeah. Once we know how the trick is done, it means less. So it's like once we have Borden's death, which mimics his wife's death, it's a less meaningful death in some ways than like her. Thinking this hard is hurting my brain. But I, and I don't know if I buy that because as of, you, you don't buy that theory you, pre- you presented. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let me pause at this idea. Wait, let me work through this. I got, I got this. <laughs> let me go this I might buy it at the end. But I do think that it definitely, but I wonder if that's just because Sarah's death is so poorly done, but I do mm. buy it with Julia that it's like her death actually has power and impact and he repeats it a thousand times and each time it means less. It's like his purgatory. Yeah. yeah, and that's almost like doing a trick over and over again as people start to understand how it's done. It means less. It's less impressive. Dude, can you imagine oh. dying a hundred times? That sucks. Um, Seems like hell. Um, <laughs> that is, I think, one of the circles. Yeah. The um, the thing with no, it's not. I just find it. I just find it so interesting that 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 the, the, the real Hugh Jackman had to make the conscious choice to be like, all right, I'm gonna actually kill myself and hope to God this clone knows, like, who, <laughs> yeah. what is going on. Well, like, I wonder if they did trial runs. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. just like they did some uh, dress rehearsals where he killed himself. Yeah, and. Uh, like, I don't know how, but like there has to be a, an easier, quicker way to die all these hundreds of times. Yeah. Like well, drowning seems like an awful way to do this to yourself it's, over and um, over. Dex, it's Him. for the fucking metaphor. Like, <laughs> impel, impel yourself on spikes like a Indiana Jones movie. Like, I, you're just, or just like, have someone ready to shoot you immediately. Which also yeah, such a one of those blind guys. <laughs> Wait, which is such a good point, then, Dex, because literally that means Robert was so committed to this metaphor getting to Borden, like being like. Like I need you to really think about like, what uh, I'm doing. What not did you tie, dipshit? <laughs> yeah, he's like the oh, only I thing I could really think of is that that would this. probably be the quietest way to get rid of the double. Because if there's a gunshot, yeah. it'd be very weird. And also, <laughs> a random gunshot behind stage, the end of every show. <laughs> Boom! Magic. <laughs> what was that? Don't pay attention well, they, to the man behind the curtain. They do one of announcements before like every time you go to a theater thing and there's a gun there will be pyrotechnic yeah um a gun like you won't see it like when is it gonna happen as an audience member and then just weirdly underneath the stage there's a gunshot and you're like oh every performance a hundred times you hear no 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 wait (laughs) (laughs) just everybody's just like what, what, did we just hear a murder? And the guy steps up on the balcony. Ha ha! And they're all just like, oh yeah, it's 1875. We don't give a shit. But then you bring your friend. Like, you gotta see this trick. No. And they're like, what, did someone just say no, 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 wait? And it's like, no, it's just part of it. It's part, it's of, part of it. It's, all, it's, all, it's art. It's all part of the It's, it's art. part of the magic. <laughs> There's a man uh, that gets murdered downstairs every night. There's a it's man crazy. You gotta come see it. Um... Let's see. I the adopting his daughter is cold blooded. 
<laughs> That's cold blooded, man. Even yeah, just like even for Michael Caine. <laughs> no, not yeah. Even <laughs> even Michael Caine's like, dude, man. Like Michael Caine's like, ooh. Yeah, that's uh, this is real messed up, man. You're like, doing that's a lot, basically do, you're doing a lot. <laughs> doing too much here, and he, he was just like, I have to. Also, do this. Like, you didn't have to. Bold of him mean. to pull off the Jalvan or <laughs> Valjean trick of faking your faking your death and then coming back slightly more grizzled a little bit later <laughs> i also wrote that down how many times has jackman faked his death in a movie <laughs> to come back with the, a slight beard and it's suddenly no a one will person. know no one will know i was this famous magician by my mustache <laughs> <laughs> i'm like a completely different faces. person you know he cloned jackman like remember seeing tesla is like oh he had a bitch and mustache i'm gonna do that I'm going to take that one. I'm going to take that one. Also, where is he getting all this money to, like, Again, that's what I'm buy asking, an like, estate? What is the end goal of a magician in the 1890s? Like, they can't I guess be he made making bank it on those 100, per, uh, 100 performances. It, clearly. Yeah. But, like, do they just give it to some random dude, though? But like, imagine the overhead cost dead. of constantly buying boxes filled with water. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's not cheap. Yeah, how are, are they having to like pour buckets into that every night? The, the guy that the guy is there like the a, guy that keeps selling him those boxes are like, what is this guy? The blind man like all these pushing it for? in and out are like it's always lighter when it goes in. <laughs> that's weird. Why is it what? so much heavier as it leaves? Do they have running water in the olden days, or are they just like filling up buckets and like pouring it into this tank every single day? I think they're filling day? up buckets. I think they're filling up buckets. <laughs> Jeez, oh, yep. Imagine being that delivery guy, like every day, like oh, uh, another box another, to support water, another huh? hundred gallon <laughs> tank for you, Hugh Jackman. Uh, you, you totally not some, putting dead bodies in this, right? You're doing some fish tricks. You see <laughs> <laughs> The boy, mate, I haven't seen that. This hadn't been part of your act since that girl died. <laughs> since that. yeah, no. Boy, mate. Um, the. Uh, the end is, you know, the oh oh no, this is, is you know you know what I said when uh, when I said about the fisherman uh, five minutes and he said it was like going home mm-hmm. and like yeah he said it was like going home I lied it was agony bitch <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah keep that one to yourself man I don't know um, the end of this movie is so much better than the rest of this movie mm-hmm. I it just is like like. It all leads up to the end, but the ending of this movie is what is why people rate this what they rate it. Yeah, people watch because, the prestige for the prestige of the movie. Correct. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean having you Michael Caine pass by Bale, knowing that he's about to kill Hugh Jackman. Yeah, the rubber I, ball was such a flex. <laughs> yeah. yeah, surprise, bitch. I win. Um. The abracadabra line was so stupid. That was yeah, dumb. Was. That was very dumb. Can they not think of a better last word, like, at fucking all? Like, um, he could have, I mean, he could have said his thing. Are you watching closely? Like, he, which he did say to the guard, which was cold-blooded. When he said that, he's like, are you watching closely? Like, I'll make it out of this. But, like, that could have been his last line. So, I don't know I think why, it probably you know. should have been. Abracadabra's yeah. fucking stupid. Hold on. Because he doesn't say it the entire movie. I don't know. Um. No, uh, there's something about this. 
Their initials spell out Abra. Boo. Yeah, it's <laughs> um. Hold on, because I forget Alfred everybody's. Borden. Yeah. And Robert Angier, so Abra. <laughs> That's how on the nose it becomes. Um, uh, yeah, I don't cool. like that. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so Jackman committed suicide a hundred times. We talked about that. That sucks. Um, I'm glad the ending uh, is a little bit more. I'm glad they that. It, like it said, because we just wax poetic about like what our theories are on this movie, but I am glad that this movie is one of his more spelled out endings, I feel like, a little bit mm -hmm. for Nolan, where it's just like, all right, here's how this happened. And I get it. That's the whole unveiling of the trick and everything else. It's less ambiguous, and that's kind of good for this movie. Yeah, I agree. For sure. I mean, the yeah, because if it was even a touch more ambiguous, we'd be like, no, 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 no. I need a little bit more on that, and it may. I would have been so pissed off, like if they didn't explain to us what yeah. the fuck was going on. Yeah, if there was, you know, I don't know. The if worst, he just shows up. What if the ending scene is just abracadabra? <laughs> and he hangs. Yeah, and he's like, shit. Um, fuck. Go ahead, Jake. Yeah, because the worst possible outcome of this movie is that if we go with the clone theories, is that they're just going to keep doing this to each other forever. That's the yeah. worst possible outcome. That'd be funny. Just to keep doing it. Just keep cloning each other. Um, the What is the ending line in this movie? Because it like they say the ending line and then it cuts off and it's incredible. And I cannot, I wrote down the ending line is great, but I cannot remember the ending line. This is gonna kill me. We're gonna might have to cut this at like one fifty eight. We're gonna have to cut this out. <laughs> one second, I have to let my dog in, or she's gonna be on the audio screaming. Lux, you piece of shit, dude. Stop crying. The sacrifice for the art. Yeah, I'm just gonna watch it. Is it him explaining the three parts of a trick again? Yeah, it is, but there's like one line that he says. Here, hold on. Like, shut up. Oh, I'm watching it. Are you going to still cry? Please don't cry. I need four Shh. ply. Four ply. Show everyone how cute you are, though. You want to be fooled. Oh, right. That's a good ending line. Okay. Yeah, all right. Sorry. So it goes, so it goes, it just pans over and you see all the boxes and everything. And it go, and it's Michael Caine. You want to be fooled. And then it just cuts to black. And I just, the way that they did that was just like, yeah. It leaves you were like, oh, no, no, wait. Like, <laughs> So that I don't know that I really like the ending the the like the final frames of this mm -hmm. which was really for sure really good. Any more notes from y'all? Sorry, we're at two hours right now and we still got to do a ranking. I'm good. We've covered it all. We have covered it all, including some stuff that we should, <laughs> should uh, not have the, covered. Should not have covered. Um, 
So we are going to be doing, we were originally going to be doing a draft of Christopher Nolan movies, but since he only does like one movie every three years, he's only directed 15 movies and it would have started delving into producing credits, which aren't that many more. Like we would have all had to have picked a DC movie or something like that, a crappy DC film. Um, so we we're going to do our Christopher Nolan rankings, top five Christopher Nolan movies, in our opinion. Um, and we'll just start. We don't have to have an order or anything like this. We'll just start and tell tell why you feel this way. But we'll start. We'll go bottom of the top. Jake, what's your number five Christopher Nolan movie? Uh, my number five is Tenet. Um, it's fantastic. I've seen it. You haven't. No. Uh, I'm going to... No- I would kill you. I would really <laughs> want to see that movie. <laughs> I got a special screening. Nobody else has had it. Um, in terms of like actual directed, uh, my, my number five is Memento. Um, hmm. That is a movie I saw later. I saw it in college, and it's a movie that I will watch sparingly, not because I don't like it, but it's just – it's a movie that makes me feel uncomfortable because – I have to think like I have to go through it with each watching. And even though I know what's happening, I know what the story is. There's still so much little detail that confuse me, make me feel uncomfortable. I mean, I love that sensation. I love that a movie that has made me experience motions that usually movies don't make me feel, but it's not tough, but it is, there's a lot happening. I mean, it's your, it's, Christopher Nolan's doctoral thesis where it's full of a lot of fluff, full of a lot of weird stuff, but it makes sense. That movie should have made Guy Pierce a bigger star. Surprised it didn't. Guy Pierce should be a bigger star. He really should be. Um, but he's instead he's kind of like, Oh yeah, that guy Dex number five, Christopher Nolan. Um, so yeah, I've only seen six Christopher Nolan movies. <laughs> oh. can get top five pretty easy, but I'm going to go with interstellar at five. Um, I don't super love it, but you know, watching, I watched it for the first time a couple months ago, I guess during quarantine and, and yeah, it's just really, it's really good. It's really well done. Um, Matt Damon out of nowhere doing a whole lot of work, <laughs> um, but just yeah. the biggest surprise, like when you <laughs> saw that for the first time, you're like, Matt Damon, <laughs> it's Matt Damon like, being Matt Damon. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm a big dumb idiot, so like a lot of it didn't make sense to me. Like as it went on, and it's very long, hard to watch at home, and like I had to watch it on like Hulu live TV or whatever. So like it had commercials in it, which made uh. it an even longer watch. But yeah, like the cinematography is fucking great. Um, the story is hoi, hoi. interesting. Um, the performances are pretty good. Yeah, Interstellar number five. All-time great um, soundtrack by Hans Zimmer on the on the score there. Big uh, facts. Big facts. I will, of course, we'll all kind of talk about these movies because no. Interstellar, of course, is on my list. But uh, Caitlin, number five. Uh, Batman Begins. Um, I like Batman Begins. I have a lot of feelings about Christopher Nolan in general that, like, I think are controversial. Like, I really fucking hate inception i think it's a genuinely trash movie um but i don't want to get into that but like i actually think batman begins i don't want to get into it but i want to drop a big bomb take on all of y'all's my my, something's gonna be all of y'all's top five my bet is that some guy made her watch it 
No, I actually genuinely mm-hmm. just don't like Inception. Mm-hmm. I think it tries oh, man, too hard to be hurts. clever. I think the ending is so, eh, I'm going to be ambiguous to be ambiguous. Which is but he's like, come out and said that it's not. What? He's come out and said that it's not. Yeah. I, 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 but that's, that's like J.K. Rowling after the fact being all like, but like these yeah. characters are blah, blah, blah. It's like that doesn't change the film you made, which does have an ambiguous ending. And I do think it was ambiguous for the sake of being ambiguous. And it makes me tired. For all the reasons that Dex was tired with American Psycho, I am tired with Inception. But um, I don't think you are, what? though. <laughs> I, why, do you like, why do you like Batman Begins? Yeah. Okay. Batman so, Begins. Scare, I think that genuinely... I'm trying to think how to phrase it. Sicilian Murphy? Nolan, no, yeah, Nolan makes Scarecrow, which is not the scariest villain on the face of the planet, ever an actually imposing and terrifying villain clearly horrifying watch the batman animated series i never did i i remember like when i was like has an actual pumpkin head yeah like i don't know like i don't know i remember before i watched it like looking stuff up and being like this seems like the worst fucking villain i've ever seen in my life his whole then, thing like, is, like, becoming whatever scares you. <laughs> yeah, and I thought that was so fucking stupid. I was like, Stephen King did that in the movie It. Like, I don't know. I just found it, like, not interesting to me for some reason. But then, like, when I actually watched it, I found it, like, the most fucking terrifying villain ever. And, like, I think... Horrifying for a PG-13 movie mm-hmm. in when we were, like, 10. Really scary. And, like, Incredible. I genuinely think he does a really good job of beginning that really dark and scary Batman. And like, I think that's, I don't know. It's fun. I really, I really liked it. That's all I got. I don't know. I, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Jake. Since it's not a draft. I well, I mean, cause I think we're going to talk about all the Batman films. Yeah. Scarecrow's trajectory through that. The, the trilogy is really fun. Like but it's yes. funny. Yeah. He's a main villain gets tossed to the side immediately in the beginning of uh, dark, dark Knight, <laughs> and then dark Knight rises. He's judging people's fate. Which I like, yeah. it's brilliant. Honestly. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's really that, good. Like, like, cause they, they could have easily gotten rid of scarecrow. And it's like, it, it would be a one-off situation, but to constantly I'm use him. And, like, he's such an interesting thread, and he's so much more brilliant, I think, than the... And I think that's, like, the fun of, like, the villains throughout the trilogy is that they're scary for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is, like, the kind of horrifying genius of Scarecrow. Like, the fact he's literally a mastermind and, like, chemically infusing people with their... I don't know. I could go... I think it's just interesting. And, like, I, I don't think it's the best... I think it's the second best Batman in the series. I think. Incredible origin story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. He makes, for sure. He makes the bat thing like not as horribly stupid for me. Yeah, well, it's just like <laughs> man dresses up as bat, and you're just like, oh, I get it. In the in the Nolan films, you're just like, makes sense. Yeah, like you're but, like, I can accept this as a reality. <laughs> what I did like about the Nolan films, and especially, and I even when I was like 11, when I first watched Batman Begins, is where it's like the plausibility of his villains yes. makes a lot of sense. Like this, like a real world where it's just like, oh well, he's injecting people with a chemical that that yeah breaks their brain. Like that seems like a real world, I, real world thing I guess, that would have happened. I guess that's what I mean is that he made Scarecrow into something I was actually scared of. Yeah, yeah. In like, the, I mean the the commentary on mental health is, yes. is really good too that like we am 
immediately accept as fact if somebody was like, oh, this person that's ranting, raving mad is just ranting, raving mad, and we have to throw him away and I'll handle it. Yeah. He, he also delivers one of the best lines in the series where he's like, he's here. Who? The bat man. I also will say I will die for Cillian Murphy. Like, Dude, jawline of the gods. He's yeah. so hot in Peaky Blinders. Like, fuck, man. Yeah, it's very that, good. No one should look that way. <laughs> uh, Who man. pulls problematic. off the bowl cut? I was going to say problematic haircut now, but, you know. Um, <laughs> Yeah. The uh, white supremacist special. The uh, <laughs> my my number five is um, tough. Scene. Is the prestige? Sure. Number five is the prestige. Uh, we don't have to talk about that because we just did. Um, why, why do you uh, put that five? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I think I have loved. I like the the movies in the, uh, that are higher in my list more. That makes I sense. feel like are more entertained. Actually, other movies further in my list, but I think the Prestige, it, it, it uh, I don't know, it just definitely had to have been in there after rewatching it, and then it just it holds a special place in in my heart uh, as a theater kid being shown this. Uh, Jake, number four. Uh, number four is Interstellar. Um, yep, it's my number four too. We can go ahead and talk my about it. <laughs> I mean, it's good. Awesome. I, I think. I mean, obviously across the board, we all like it. It's. Memento really is the is the first time Nolan shows his obsession with time, but I think Interstellar is where it becomes like public, like where he announces his fetish for time and the <laughs> very fetish concept of it. Yeah, he wants time uh, to spank him. I mean, he really does. <laughs> uh, I mean, that entire the 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 ending when he's in the 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 Matrix and he can talk through the bookshelf is, I mean, it's just the Nolan brothers congratulating themselves over their understanding of the complex nature of time. Uh, yes. Don't let me leave, Murph! <laughs> My also, only issue with Interstellar is just how badly it gets Murphy's Law wrong, and I only found that out in college because I went to school with, like, everyone that ever does STEM and, like, a lot of people who ended up working for NASA, and they were all like, that's not really Murphy's Law. Like, this movie gets it horribly fucking wrong for some reason. And they even consulted NASA scientists, which is why I'm surprised that, like... Yeah, the no black way. hole is... Kip Thorne. What? Ab- they, 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 like, used a theoretical, red, uh, theoretical yeah. physicist, like Kip Thorne or whatever yeah. his name was, but apparently, to design the wormhole. They actually opted, I think, to simplify Murphy's Law, because it's actually way more complicated than that. It's Whatever like, no, can happen will happen. That's like that's not it at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, Interstellar for me. I mean, we Dex. We'll get back to your number four, but since it's all our number four, like it has lost a little bit of luster since I saw it in the theater. Because seeing it in the theater, it was an experience, man. Mm-hmm. It was a trip, and it's like I'll never forgive my friends for going and seeing it first without me. But um, when they got back, they're like, "Dude, it was incredible." Shut up! I don't want it. Like, yeah. Uh, the but it, it is a, it is a trip. I think it's one of McConaughey's better performances, even though he's sort of doing the same thing uh-huh. uh, that he did in Dallas Buyers Club. Um, I don't I don't think the ending where he's talking through the bookshelf should have been the ending. I think it would have been a better ending, left even more ambiguous of when he's going through the black hole and it just is like what happens next is like the last line he delivers before it blacks out the screen, mm-hmm. which. I think that was supposed to be the original ending, and people hated it. Um, 
but right. having but having him come and 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 talk to Murphy when she's like a hundred and ten is very emotional and very good. But I think this has lost a little bit of luster since technical achievement. It's incredible. Most of the effects are practical. Like the whole uh, spaceship is practical. Um, and Hathaway gives a solid performance as well. Uh, I still cry when he's sitting there looking at the uh, computer screen <laughs> crying. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and also when they come back, it, unintentional comedy of when they come back, from the water planet it's like y'all have been gone for 40 years <laughs> just like oh no um that that messes me up a little bit and yeah. that because i'm obsessed with the how far you have to go in space and how relative time is yeah. the closer you get to planets and gravita- gravitational fields and stuff like that i was obsessed with that in college too um may or may not be uh substance related with that but the um <laughs> the thing the thing with with like theoretical physics uh physics and being able to go through wormholes and stuff i was obsessed when i found out that christopher nolan was going to be doing that movie and they get a lot of it right they get get a lot of it it. right they have to simplify a lot which makes yeah it's theoretical which is important physics (laughs) yeah like thank you and (laughs) yeah and also like just uh and i keep we've talked about this movie for a long time but uh, just a great score by Hans zimmer incredible score like that just builds emotion with that and i and i just i really do like how hopeful sort of the ending is also mm. with this movie. I just find Matthew McConaughey endlessly likable. And I know that's probably... Right? I just, I just, I can't, I want to not like Interstellar because I feel like in some ways it's too much of a love story to like Space Odyssey and it's too much of a like film. It is very much, there was a trajectory where Nolan was going to copy... Yes. Um, copy his films verbatim it felt that's, like that's i guess my thing is i was like cool you want to do you're kubrick. copying kubrick like, yeah you want to do some kubrick let's do it but like <laughs> I, I just do a quick kubrick <laughs> me. just that's a quick one I, we got time all i'm doing doing some shining all the time i got three hours um, we can do a kubrick if you want let's do some kubrick's guys um go ahead no, but like there's just something about matthew mcconaughey and, like, his total down-to-earthness likability that really, like, makes this film, like, makes me be able to put away some of the pretentiousness of this film yeah. and like it a lot more. Because I'm, like, there's just, he's so likable. And, like, he makes it feel so much more homey, I guess, is, like, yeah, what mm-hmm. I want. Like, I don't know. And it, and it works. I think, like, the, the total art cinema nature of like nolan partnered with someone as homey as mcconaughey works and i think it's the same thing that made true detective work in the first season like right i think yeah. mcconaughey adds a humility to pieces which is nice it what it's what made mud work too was sort of the yes. thing of reconnaissance but he did start doing this thing when me and my friends have this joke where it's like they started doing the thing where it's just like i'm gonna talk a little bit softer yeah. and more deeper and people are going to start taking me more seriously. Fun fact. And they did. Yeah. He's friends with someone my dad golfs with. So like yeah. last year, he came to their like fundraiser event and did a speech. And he was like, but I know it. all you really want me to do is do this. And he just goes, all right, all right, all right, without anyone asking Man. him to do it. 
So and everybody's like, hell yes, thank you. Like, it's like the exactly opposite of Chadwick Boseman. He's like, yeah. I'm fucking sick of doing the Wakanda thing. Matthew McConaughey. Dude, like, I'll do McConaughey all forever. Yeah. McConaughey cash it. It's like a brand now. It is. His brand is literally JK living, which is his thing. Like, just keep living, man. And it's just like, he made a brand out of it. And he has shirts that say, all right, all right, all right. No, I was right. going to say, like, McConaughey's not like Chadwick. Chadwick's over it. McConaughey is like, this is my legacy. This is what is paying <laughs> for my kids' opposite. college right now. Is this word Good three Lord. times. Um, yeah. yeah, he he started doing the thing where he's just like, I'll get deeper and people will start taking me more seriously. Time, there's a great, time. there's a great, like a time is like a flat circle um there there's a great parody of true detective on youtube where you can find it where it's like somebody told me to start to actually reading the scripts before i do the movies <laughs> um and oh since then i only make good films um the uh, finally the last thing that i have about interstellar and well, this is gonna be a three-hour podcast but the um it's just a- complete <laughs> throw just complete throwaway roles by jessica chastain mm-hmm. and um uh Affleck, Casey Affleck. I Casey totally Affleck's in the him. movie for five minutes. I yeah, he, that he yeah Casey Affleck is completely forgettable. He's playing the uh, brother from Field of Dreams. Just burn the farm. Who fucking cares? Oh my god, I love Field of Dreams. Incredible. Um, Dex, you're number four. Sorry, we just ranted and raved. You got. I mean, about it's fine. Seller. It's Batman Begins. I don't really like. Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. have a whole lot to add about Batman Begins. We already talked about it. Batman Begins, man. That thing blew my... Like, the. I will say one thing about the Nolan Batman thing that I meant to say about... The, the Batman films, that su- it suffers to me sometimes because it's like, that movie has two villains. Mm-hmm. Like, why... He does that with every film, though. But, I don't know. I Just having having also Ra's al Ghul come back in that sort of defeats I mean, like, the purpose of the Scarecrow. The Dark Knight I mean, also has two villains. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They and all like have Spider-Man two Man 2 has two villains. Like you can do two villains and do it well. I think sometimes like, it's nice to have two villains because I feel like a lot of times there's like a close to home threat and a more general threat. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I think a lot of times that's the dynamic like with like Two-Face being the more close to home threat in Dark Knight. Yeah. And then Joker being the slightly more removed threat. And also uh, like Ra's al Ghul has to like train him and stuff. So Yeah. Yeah. It's necessary. Um, uh, go ahead, Jake. I, it's on a list. It's not on my list. I the only reason I don't like begins compared to the other two is, and I think it's because he had to. Uh, but it feels slightly more comic booky compared to the other two. Yes. Um, everything that's I forgot what the, um, the shitty part of town is called. Um, Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> City is the shitty part of Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> it's all one terrible place. <laughs> it's just um no like <laughs> it's all Staten Island. What's the bad part of town to Batman? He's like, it's all bad. <laughs> just waves his hands there. <laughs> uh but like where Katie Holmes is when they like release the stuff through the sewers, like it's very Oh yeah. It's very um not Clooney but uh Keaton Batman. Like it's just it's a little campy. Um I... the whole fight scene on the, the, the monorail with Razogul, like it's it's a little more like Gotham is somehow like retro futuristic, but why was Katie Holmes replaced? Money, probably. 
Is yeah. that it? Like she had children? No, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if she had a kid. Or if Straight up, like, Maggie we're, like, we're not is way better casting choice anyway. So I, I agree. True. I just was curious why she was. It was probably like we don't want to deal with whatever her and Tom got going on right now in probably. the mid 2000s. I was just curious because I don't dislike her, Rachel. I just like don't love it. She walked away. Oh, she just left. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Walked okay. away from a payday, probably. Um, <laughs> all right, Jake, number three. Uh, my number three is um, Dark Knight Rises. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Lower. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know what what is there to say about it past um, how kick-ass of a villain Bane is. Like, Until he's st- absolutely not. Yeah, until he gets punched in the <laughs> oh, face. Oh, you said Dark Knight Rises. I yeah. was like, okay, sorry. Uh, until he gets Dark punched Knight. in the face a little bit and then isn't. Um, but, I mean, people still fucking do the Bane voice. Like, if... A movie that came out almost a decade ago, and we're still talking about Tom Hardy like that was itself. (laughs) Time to go mobile. (laughs) His tan line from that movie is objectively the funniest thing that I've ever seen. Uh, The fact that Bane had some actually really good points politically. His execution was way off, but like the man had some points. I saw a meme about that where they were like, should we actually enact a Banian Republic? (laughs) Dude had some ideas. He's like, mass incarceration is bad. There would be be enough people today in today's society to be like, let's hear the maniac out. I mean, Everybody let's hear the dude. would be like, let's go with Bane. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just Bane bros. We have Bane bros. Well, no. Actually, people wouldn't side with Bane because he's wearing a mask. Hey-o. <laughs> um, we were talking about this. I don't know. Time, oh, I was thinking, time I was, is completely was meaningless, about. but we were talking about like right-wing propaganda like films. <laughs> this is This is a straight right-wing propaganda film a little bit because really all Bane is pushing is socialism. And yeah. he's the villain. <laughs> yeah. He blew well, up a football because of... he hates America. And we have to have a billionaire come in and save us. <laughs> what a lovely singing voice. But no, it, uh, it's awesome. I mean, it's a... It's my a... favorite thing is that Heinz Ward returns a touchdown and has no idea that the field is running <laughs> behind him. Because uh, Heinz Ward has never had that much speed in his life. Let's no. discuss. He's never returned a kick. <laughs> Um, I don't understand the sports. Um, but I mean, it's it's a war film. Like it's cool to have a war film um, as disguised as super uh, superhero film. Um, Again, soundtrack fire. Yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Robin, quote unquote, fire. Sad super that never good. panned out into anything. The uh, JGL, the though. the rise. The rise scene is incredible in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, These are all on Netflix, right? Bane, Bane, Bane blowing that back out. <laughs> Liam Neeson showing up Literally. as a ghost. Yoda's himself into that prison. All I can think about in The Dark Knight Rises is that stupid uh, parody uh, from College Humor where <laughs> she stabs him and he's like, but we totally had sex. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, he's like, yeah, I know. He's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah. 
I hadn't even showered. This suit really traps in the flavor. <laughs> A is for Alfred. <laughs> B is for Bat. Was that Pete Holmes? Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, those those are still on YouTube. That's great. Uh, Dex, number three. Caitlin's favorite, Inception. Hell yeah. Trash. Uh-huh. I, Movie's I'm great. sorry. It's great. And you're just wrong. The ending is I'm greatness. not wrong. A lot of people don't like it. I don't know why you think most people Records. agreeing with you makes you right. <laughs> Records. <laughs> not how things work. Records would show said, that. You just said that people don't like Harrison Ford, so you're right. You can't yeah, throw what? that back at Caitlyn. I didn't say yeah, people don't bullshit. like Harrison Ford. I'm also, telling you. Dex, you pulled this on me many times where you're like, most people disagree with you, Caitlin. I'm like, okay. I'm telling you as a black person that black people don't like Harrison Ford nearly as much as white people do. But what I'm saying is just because you hold an opinion and other people also hold it doesn't make it correct. And like Inception, it's just A lot of people don't like Inception. It's rated as like the number five movie on IMDb. I didn't say a lot of people don't like it. I'm saying like... People there are some people who not, don't like it. Therefore, it's trash. Well, it can be like personally a movie I don't like. I have true. It can be. Like, I there are a lot of people in women's studies who think it is one of the most misogynistic films ever made, and I will agree with them. I think it is. It's like very negative. Like anyway, I won't go into it. But like, there's a lot of weird, latent misogyny in all of Nolan's films, and I don't need to go delve that. The movie's deep into great. That. The ending's great. The top stop spinning, and then everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> uh, Caitlin, number three. Um, where's my notes? Oh, The Prestige. Mm-hmm. We don't need to talk about it. Okay. Jake, <laughs> number two. Uh, technically, number two would be The Prestige. I left it off the list because we already talked about it. Um, so instead, I will be going Inception. Which I think uh, all around we agree is fantastic. Right. Inception is Inception's my number two, so we can go ahead and talk about it really quick. This movie blew my mind yep. when I was like fifteen. Now it's probably come down a little bit since then. It's rewatchable. It's different. Yeah, seeing this in theaters and just from a technical aspect, though, like story be damned, the technical aspect of all of this is one of the best things that I think I've seen ever. On screen, I think I, I like it's rarely been topped where I've just seen stuff and I've like and it's off often since been copied like just some of the things that I I, just, I don't know. It just is incredible filmmaking and it's also like a pretty committed performance from everyone in a very much a a summer blockbuster, which you don't often see mm-hmm. very often. And um it's not Leo, Leo's best acted performance by any stretch of the imagination, but Tom Hardy, you get your introduction to Tom Hardy in this movie pretty much, or at least general audiences did, and he was he was great. And I think this one, after The Prestige, was one of those ones where I was just like, oh, this is what blockbusters can be. Like, this is what these movies can be, and I just think, I don't know, man. I was blown away. I just yeah. like the rewatchability is different now, but I I was just blown away, and I still continue to be blown away by the things that he did in that movie. I mean, story be damn sure, whatever. Um, 
if you look at it just from like the cultural zeitgeist, this is a movie that's still the cornerstone of like whenever you talk about like oh movies are just cookie cutters or you just have Avengers movies. Why can't you think of something original like Inception? Like that's the that's the yeah. foundation now that people always use is like this was an original idea. This was so good. Why can't we make films like this anymore? Like even though it's a movie that came out what in 2010? 2010. So yeah, it's 2010. it's a decade old now. And it's still Ooh. being talked about. Like people still talk about the ending, even though Nolan came out and said what it is. It's, I mean, it's still talked about. It's still a celebrated movie. Mm-hmm. That the practical now, effects are so dope. Like even yeah, watching like, the behind the scenes stuff is like Joseph Gordon Lovett run. Yeah, Joseph Gordon Lovett running in that hallway yeah. is that that still blows my mind to this day. And also the interwoven time time loops of. Of okay, well, this is we're gonna have thirty minutes at this level and an hour at this level, and it just the comedy of the of the of the trucks falling slowly off the bridge and everything mm-hmm. like that is, it I don't know, man, it's just it's just incredible. The use of slow mo in this is some of the best I think I've ever seen, it's as just, well too. But it's just so on the nose. Like I don't know. Like I cannot get over the fact that he named literally one of the main central female characters Mal. Which means bad. Like, which is to say that she's a... It means Mal. He uses a lot of Latin throughout the entire text. Like, Ariadne is, like, the maze-goer. Like, in Greek mythology and in uh, Roman mythology, she's literally a maze-goer. Which makes sense in the context of the show. But Mal literally is supposed to mean bad. Like, and there's there's a lot of interesting feminist discourse on Inception being a pretty fucked up movie towards its women um, and not giving them a lot of, um, or not, like, but Mal essentially as an almost unredeemable character, um, which is... Rough. Unfortunately, her brain broke, so... Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's just like one of those things where it's like, I don't know, I won't get into it, but like, I, I've never super loved it and i feel like naming characters like pretentious bullshit like ariadne when you're intended like i don't know I that was pretentious i when i remember going like what why yeah, just no, not name her like and he does that because in mythology she literally goes through the labyrinth like that is her myth and i'm like that you're trying to be so smart and i it makes me tired i don't know um sorry i said that two? oh dark knight Inception. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love it. Um, no. <laughs> a plus. Let me shit on it in A plus. Um, no, The Dark Knight's my number two. Um, Obviously. Right, what were I, you about to say? I, I messed up. My number, we just did number twos or number threes? You, Those. Yeah, we, we did two. What is your right? number three? I don't have a three for you. My number three is Memento. I I think okay, I sorry. fucked up and skipped, okay. skipped some stuff. Yeah, cool. my number three is Memento. We talked about it at length. It's, it is blew my mind whenever i saw it and i think it it really needs to um be seen by more people also if you haven't seen it and they're trying to remake it which i don't agree with Mm -hmm. which i don't know why you why would would you remake that i don't know but christopher nolan's involved in it so i don't you know it's kind of a fix it there's not maybe there's a lot you could actually fix with momentum i don't know but yeah that's my number three so do we have everybody's number three yeah yes Okay, yeah, that is my number three. So, um, do we do number two for you, Dex? The Prestige. Oh. The Prestige, all right, and your number two is The Dark Knight. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say, it's hard to argue with Heath Ledger's performance being, like, one of the most brilliant of all time. And, like, it's just a fucking good movie. Like, it's one of those that I have, like, almost nothing negative I could say about The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. It revolutionized superhero films, and it's annoying to hear... The only reason it's not my number one pick is how annoying it is to hear people talk about how it revolutionized superhero films. <laughs> like, the discourse around the it The discourse sucks. around it sucks, and the movie is almost perfect. I just don't want to give it my top rating because I cannot bend to that. That's it. Um yeah, we just talked about it at length. I think I kind of got lost in our own rankings. My number two is Inception. I love that movie. Uh, sorry. Was <laughs> yeah. Jake, what was yours? Inception? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I was just checking. What was your number three, Jake? DKR. Dark Knight Rises. Dark, okay. Well, yeah, we just You're got... Okay. I got lost in my own snake. Um, go ahead, Jake. Your number one. Dark Knight. Yep. Dark Knight. Yeah. Dark Knight is mine. We'll go ahead and talk about our number ones real quick, and then Caitlin can be wrong. And uh, I'm wrong. The... I gave a good reason why I'm not picking Dark Knight for the... why. It's very true. The you gave a reason. <laughs> I think it's a good reason. I have a reason why I picked my number one that's sentimental, but I'm not going to argue with you guys that it's probably his best the... film. The Dark Knight, for it being... <sighs> A superhero film and it being as popular as it was, it, man, it is just, it is a, it's a perfect movie. Yeah. Like it's, it's so, it's up there with like, I, I, I say this is the same thing. I've only yeah, I ever called a few movies perfect. Like Into the Spider-Verse to me is also a perfect film, mm-hmm. but for completely different reasons. Yeah. And I, I, and just seeing something like this and in 2008, everyone's collective brain broke in half <laughs> where we were just like, Oh, uh, yeah. you can do this because yeah. we'd always it's like Batman's always had been like, and of course, you'd have Batman Begins before this. But Batman Begins had always been like it is it. Batman had never been subversive. You know what I mean? Like, of course, the Keaton Batmans were kind of dark in their own right, but they're still silly and campy. And, you know, you and, have the penguin eating a fu- yeah. trying to eat a cat. And you have yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer eating a fucking bird. Like, it's goofy yeah. as shit. Like, yeah. It's not They're still insane. Tim Burton-esque and, like, comic booky and everything. You have the Adam West and, like, don't even... George Clooney stinks in those, yeah. mo- in those movies and everything. But, like, for them to come out and portray the Joker as this guy, which we had all seen in the animated series, as, oh, this guy's a madman, and not just kind of this... Looney Tune, <laughs> yeah, this clown, literal clown, and for him to put that much commitment into it, to where it has been parodied a billion times, mm-hmm. and never as successfully. Like I no. love Joaquin Phoenix, and I think Joker's okay, and I think he did a good. Yeah. Get I the fuck off my podcast. Movie think, fucking stinks. I think it's okay. I think like his performance was not even the best I've seen Joaquin Phoenix do. Walk the Lions, by far, I think, his best performance of his career. Yes. But, like, I Stream mean, it was Walk fine. Walk the Lion episode. But, like, I think for me what's so sad is, like, they they really, they do try to replicate it all the time, but you just cannot hit what Heath Ledger hits. Mm-hmm. Like. It's so committed, and he just shits on everyone in this movie. Yeah. And it's so incredible. Like, he yeah. walks all over Batman. I don't know what y'all think. Like, and, of course, like, the technical aspects of this, everything is pretty much 
um, non CGI. Like they flip a, yeah, you know, they flip a truck in the middle of a city. They like they just it's Them, the filmmaking, the way it's colored. It's just so the makeup so, art is so, so interesting so. for Joker too. Because, like, I had never seen... Looks like he did it. Yeah, Yeah. and I had never seen a Joker that didn't look just so, like, a professional makeup artist did your makeup this morning. Like, and Mm. the cuts, like, actually being gruesome and gritty and real. And, like, I don't know. It's just... I agree. It's a perfectly made film. And also, Christopher Nolan gives a fuck about Batman as a character. Yes. Helps. (laughs) Like, clearly... Cares about his backstory and cares about his emotions and things like that. I yeah, don't know. he's not like super duper into like a bunch of like random ass Batman comics. Like he didn't like go all out reading a bunch of stories, but like the ones that he read, he like actually read and understood them and like put them on film. Also, this being an allegory about the um, Iraq War is very funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's really nothing I could say about the story that hasn't been said for a film that's what a decade old now 12 years something like that um but this is this is the nolan apex mountain to steal from the watchables like you don't <laughs> this is what he, he gets carte blanche from warner brothers now because warner brothers is still getting a massive check every year from people watching dark knight like it, it the whole reason that tenant now is holding the entire movie industry together is because of dark knight like i agree yeah that's what put Christopher Nolan into houses like if you were cool you knew the prestige and Batman Begins because it was still a little campy it was more of a superhero film and it probably could have been lost to the annals in the history if we, if we didn't get Dark Knight and Memento like nobody gave a shit about it until much later but Dark Knight is what put Christopher Nolan in your house put him on your TV it's what gave Warner Brothers a shit ton of money and tried to form the DCU um, still but, keeps TNT on there. Yeah, but like you, you don't get Inception or Interstellar, or Dunkirk or Tenet or anything like without the Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. one of it my is, favorite closing it, lines ever too. Which one? Dark Knight. What is the? Closing? Oh yeah. The, oh yeah, the, I know he's it. a I know Dark it. Knight. I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm stupid. I know. Um, I just man. I, 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 could, I think I could talk about this movie forever and I, mm-hmm. it, it, the rewatchability of it is is bar none I think it has I think it'll hold up when people are studying films years from now they'll be like oh this still looks great yeah. so I mean it, it's it's I don't know, it's so so good man um Caitlin your number one is it memento it is memento mm-hmm. um and like Why? for dumb reasons probably but, like, so the first Nolan film I ever saw was Prestige, and the second Nolan film I ever saw was Memento. And I liked Prestige as a kid and, like, rewatched it a little bit older. But I w- wasn't in a normal high school in high school. I did dual credit all through high school because I thought I wanted to be an actress. So I, like, did... Audi- among us. I did auditions in the day and went to community college at night. And... So, like, I was in a college film class when I was 15, and the first, like, real film, like, movie that someone showed me that, like, was an actual kind of, like, art film was Memento. Like, and it was the first time I kind of realized, like, what you could do with a movie, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like. Sure. What, like, what you could do 
narratively that like you couldn't really do in any other medium because otherwise I've always been kind of like books could do it better and like Memento was the first time where I was kind of like I don't even know how you put that in a written medium like what you're showing I don't know so it just has like a weird sentimental place in my heart where I think it's one of his most like I think it's like his passion project like it's the movie that he really I think felt the most most about like it's what he's the most obsessed with and I think it's interesting as a film. I think, like, I don't know. I just love it's, it. I've it's, rewatched it a bunch. It's his American graffiti. It's that. Yeah. Th- it's the doctoral thesis film where he gets to say what he wants because no production yes. company really is going to fund this or gives a shit. So he could finally just say it. Exactly. Whereas, yeah. And, like, I think for me, that's why I actually really like it. And it's why Nolan's still a director I like. Because he's produced films I don't like as much. And, like, I, I don't know. I wouldn't have guessed you don't like any. Is there yeah. a particular one you don't like? I, I don't know. Like, Inception's, <laughs> like, my fucking favorite. Like, I'm no. ranking it as, you know, I'm ranking it zero because it just goes beyond the list. Uh, it's but, infinity. Yeah, we it's are. infinity. It's, um, it's it goes infin- beyond all time. infinitum. Um, the... The thing about you were saying you shout like somebody in college or like community college show do this. Yeah. That makes so much sense. No, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, That's like the biggest like have you seen Memento? No, no. and I had yeah. like never watched a movie that was like pretentious really before. And like I really I don't know. That sounds stupid and self deprecating, but it's like he was like my first introduction into like experimental film kind of and it's not even that yeah. experimental. Like it's just a different story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Memento, I mean, I didn't get to talk about it really at my number three. It it is one of those things where it's like, I remember my uncle being like, have you seen Memento? And he's kind of a, he's a big film guy and he fell asleep during the middle of it. And I could not believe that he fell asleep because this it was the craziest thing. It's so much. How do you, I guess if you've seen it before. Yeah. yeah, If you've seen it, if you've seen it in your, in your thirties, you're just like, whatever. But like, yeah, exactly. But like, I, um, I stayed up way past my bedtime to watch that movie um it is so it's very good and christopher nolan man please wear masks guys i just want to see tenant <laughs> i just want to see tenant in theaters reason, the way you keep saying it i keep like forgetting there's a movie called tenant and i keep thinking you're talking about the man who played doctor who david tenant no. i'm like what is I, he doing what i projects? mean i love david i love david tenant um, what projects is david tenant doing david tenant is great um uh, tales woo woo <laughs> duck tales uh yeah so please Please, please, I want to go to theaters again. We passed the empty AMC today, and it hurt my heart. Um, my, I just want to, just want to see movies, man. My mom like trying to peer pressure me to go to the drive-in with her. She's like, I miss movies so much. Go to the drive-in. I just, drive-in's okay. I, yeah, go I, to the drive-in. Like, there's just no good movies. Really, That's fair. Because there's nothing. They haven't new, released anything. So it's like, do I Every movie is trash. Do I want to watch Jurassic Park yet again for the like 80th time in my life? Like. No. It's not like you're doing anything else. I am doing other things. I have grad school. <laughs> She's throwing up. She also has comedy I, going on. I also, I actually do somehow. Like, they're doing See? weird live stream comedy events, and I'm like, please stop doing that. Yeah, sounds like fun. Please it's stop doing no comedy. To no audience. I am getting paid, though. Like, I just wish I wasn't, like, doing it. You don't have to. 
I do need the money. <laughs> I was like, you literally do not have to do that. Um, all right, guys. Two hours, 45-minute podcast yeah, is what we're rolling ah! up on. There's chunks that we're cutting out. We're okay. It's, all right, guys. Uh, you can follow us at uh, the One Take Pod. That is the number one take pod on all platforms. Not Facebook, because no. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram at, at One Take Pod. You can also follow us on Reddit, actually, which I need to go check. You can follow us there. You can email us mm-hmm. at One Take Podcast Show at gmail.com. That's One Take Podcast Show at gmail.com. Stream us on Spotify, Apple, and Google. Or if you want to just stream us directly on your desktop, go to One Take Pod at sim- or one take pod.simplecast.com one take pod.simplecast.com please download rate subscribe if you follow us on spotify please download the podcast there as well and as well follow us on spotify as well that really helps out our algorithm uh and also helps out our ag- algorithm if you rate download and subscribe on apple you yes you might get to pick our next film and or come even come on the podcast uh but we will be doing a film next week. I don't know. Something. <laughs> it's happening. We'll be doing something. We'll announce it. Uh, like, again, follow us on Twitter, Instagram. We'll be announcing it. Uh, Dex, what are we doing? Hashtag support Florence Pugh. Hashtag don't do crime. Hashtag I do comedy. <laughs> Hashtag Harrison Ford. Daddy. <laughs> Harrison Ford is do very you much call a... Harrison Ford daddy. Call Hashtag Harrison. Harrison Ford is a white's god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys. We'll announce what. <laughs> we'll announce what we're doing on Twitter next week. All right, peace. Slow voice on